Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard!
It is, uh, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. Beard Talk Live. No, not that. (laughs) Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) I I knew that part. I knew that much, uh, surprisingly. Uh, But it is episode 25. Uh Uh-huh. 25. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. We've done this 25 times? Uh Well, some of us have done it 25 times. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Watch yourself. But not all of us. (laughs) Most of us, I would say. uh, Not all of us. Most of us. Two-thirds of us. (laughs) At... Yeah, you know, I don't think we've ever got to tap out at some point. Yeah, I don't think we've mm. ever had a show where there weren't at least two of us here. Right. It's true. So yeah, uh, but we prefer three. Yeah, uh, we, we three beards, not we three kings, but we three beards. We three beards. Well, nobody here has a beard. We three beards are not in a car. I just I didn't, I didn't know where to go from there. I yeah, just I, let it. Let it slide. Uh, let, let it go, man. I used to have a parody for uh, uh, We Three Kings. It was uh, We Three Kings from Outer Space. We Three Kings have flattened our face. That was it. That was the, the whole extent of the parody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I go all or none on kings. Either everyone gets to be one or we don't have one. No. Fair enough. Uh, hey, you know, let's just uh, if go right a king, to the. Nobody's a king. Let's go right oh, to the phone. You mean we should just keep talking till they hang up this and, time? <laughs> and say, uh, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Hi, this is Brian. Hey, hey Brian. Brian. You're live. Hey, you're, talking about, uh, you're talking about the marijuana. Uh, personally, I think they should uh, legalize it uh, up to a certain point. That way, those uh, who have uh, like chronic ailments. <laughs> chronic uh, ailments? <laughs> chronic ailments that uh, like uh, to help alleviate uh, whatever pain that uh, they might have. Sure. I mean, I think that it should be 100% decriminalized, not in the way that the government uses the word decriminalized, right? Where they, when the government uses the word, generally they mean we're going to make it the lowest priority to process, but mm-hmm. it's still technically an offense. No, no, no. I want it to be uh, completely unruled over whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That is to say, you can regulate do- weed like onions. Yes, right. you can do whatever you want with the plant marijuana. Would you? Do you have some land and oh, you would again. like to grow some? Feel free to do so. Do you? Do you have some and you would like to eat it? Feel free to do so. Do you have some and wish to smoke it? Yes. Do you want to sell some to your friend? You can do that as well. I think that the government should have suppository. Zero say. Ew, but well, fine. I mean, but fine. But fine. But fine. So they should be fine for using it in suppository. Mm. Fascist. Uh, Actually, if they if the government wants to be a, a total a hole about the whole thing, mm-hmm. they should uh, say, "Hey, we're doing this to cigarettes. Let's do the same thing to marijuana. Tax it and say it's legal." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the best yeah. we can expect out of them. I mean, that's kind of what's happening now with like uh, the the pioneer states, uh, Washington and Colorado, who well, have recreational marijuana legalized. The problem with it, though is that taxation is theft yeah that that's (laughs) problem number one problem number two is when it's regulated like that what you end up with is a far less potent product for example in the seattle washington area where i lived for 22 years when it was legalized uh, you could only get five or ten milligram uh dosage so in other words uh, far less potent than what you could get if you had your medicinal card. But getting your half medicinal... Is, half the uh, the uh, strength of the can in my hand. Correct. 
uh, getting your medicinal card for marijuana meant giving up your right to own a gun. Now, uh, we covered uh, uh, on Free Talk Live earlier tonight right, that, that apparently the federal court has made a decision, at least in one district, to say that uh, the whole disarming people who are using marijuana is unconstitutional. And insane when you think about it, because you can take heroin and legally carry a gun if that heroin is prescribed. I mean, it's not quite heroin. It's Oxycontin. it's freaking worse. But, oh yeah, fentanyl is is prescribable. The only thing that isn't prescribable is specifically heroin. Mm. And there's no reason for that because that's just a blend of like morphine and codeine and all of the various... Op- natural opiates. Of course, it doesn't contain fentanyl because fentanyl is synthetic. Right. Yeah. And so just to deal with fentanyl real quick, 100% the problem of drug laws. Because if we didn't have these laws against opiates, then they wouldn't be like, okay, well, if I put some fentanyl in, number one, I don't have to smuggle as much. Number mm-hmm. two, it might kill you. Yeah. Walgreens doesn't do that shit. Yeah. So uh, the whole, oh, with the opium epidemic is killing so many people because of fentanyl. Because of the drug war. Exactly. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I was just asking for your yeah, thoughts. The thing is, I was listening to you guys at 10, and it was like, ah, I was thinking, heck, I can probably go out and get a can of beer that probably has more alcohol in it than the, the marijuana plant. Uh, that they're being I don't think the marijuana thing. plant has any alcohol in it. <laughs> but you know, say there's probably more alcohol in the a can of beer than the, the medicinal marijuana that you're talking about. Uh, medicinal marijuana is pretty strong, man. I've had it, and it is good. It can be. <laughs> uh, but what I will say is that it's ridiculous to know that you can have a can of beer and your firearm, but you cannot have a joint and your firearm uh, currently, now there seems to be some headway being made uh, with the U.S. court in that direction that we covered today. Just to like in the news today, mm-hmm. uh, there there was a bit about a uh, a federal judge finding it unconstitutional to take away mm-hmm. your right to a firearm just because you use marijuana. Yeah, but the you know the problem is uh, one of the horrible things about our system is you can't sue for a right until after you've been arrested and you're sitting in prison. Right. So it's like if we pass an unconstitutional law, you go to prison for it, and then we might let you out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they found it was unconstitutional to make pot illegal. You mean on the hemp paper that they wrote the Constitution on? Right, yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, none of this goes anywhere near far enough. Because, like, oh, it should be treated like onions. Honestly, I think they regulate onions too much. Well, yeah, the that's, to sell them. that's, like, that's true. But to me, that's, that's a separate issue because and even then, then it becomes like, it's, it's just a plant. Spirit, even the spirit of that doesn't go far enough, in my opinion, because here's the thing. This is medicine, and I have mm-hmm. a fucking right to determine for myself how I get treated in medicine. My body, my choice, baby. Right? Brian, any I final thoughts? And this is going to sound cheesy and dumbass, but stupid is and stupid does with stuff like this, what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, we agree. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate you. 
Uh, let's move right along. Um, they asked the guy who wrote Forrest Gump. I saw him interviewed one time, and they asked him, uh, what the fuck does stupid is as stupid does mean? Right. And, and he said, I don't know. I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have another caller, Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? This is Shag. Shag. What's going on? Shag. Not Chad? Much. It's been a long time. Oh, Chad. What, uh, some, how do you spell it, your name? Yeah, sh- sh- Shag, S-H-A-G. Okay. Shag. Yeah. Like, oh, like okay. Shag, like British fucking. Yeah. British fucking. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Right, yes. Exactly. Well, hello, British yeah, fucking. Well, How are a, you? Been a, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's been a long time since I talked to you all. Yeah, it's been like five uh, minutes. Or <laughs> been yeah, a long time. Yeah. Been a long time. Been no, a long, to lonely, be fair, lonely, it's been, lonely, 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 lonely. Been probably no, he, he, uh, actually, wait, wait. He's right. Because he said it's been a long time since he talked to us all, and I wasn't on at that yeah, point. Exactly. That is true. That is true. <laughs> there is that. Well, you're on Beard Talk Live now, Shag. What's you on know, your mind? All of you in a long, in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I know you were talking about it all. Uh, I wasn't listening, but all last show, Free Talk Live, about the uh, the seriousness of what's going on. And, uh, you know, I understand if you don't want to talk about it anymore, but... No, um, no, 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 no. I do. I, I, I'm shocked that, that that people are not fitting nuclear yeah. war into every conversation. Like, seriously, it's really important that we not... Like, I looked at this chart about uh, geo, geopolitical uh, instability, right? And, like, we're not even close to half of 9-11. And think about this. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I get that 9-11 was obviously going to cause a bunch of war in the world. Right. But... The possibility of war between the United States and Russia is just, it's a completely different league of disaster when America invades a bunch of poor countries. Hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, evil, terrible, it's going to screw things up in the whole world, but like, this could end it. Yeah, it's war war between the United States and Russia is likely to be, if it happens, literally the end of the world or the end of the human race. Right, yeah. And the end of the human race. There's one other extinction level risk that we're really actively facing right now. Meteor? And. No, no, a meteor. Well, I mean, meteor is a possibility. Um, there, there's only one thing that we are doing okay. that could easily lead to human extinction outside of nuclear, and war? that is the gain of function that the uh, research mm-hmm. that they're doing at Pfizer, right. where they could easily take out the entire human race by doing that. Yeah, I, I believe there's been some memes about this on the internet, but gain of function uh, for those of you who haven't looked it up means by. Bioweapon. They're looking into how to make bioweapons out of Mm. viruses. Well, they're not allowed to call it bioweapons. They're not allowed to call it gain of function anymore. Now they they call it directed evolution. Directed evolution. Now, here's the fun part about directed evolution. That's called hubris, boys and girls. Can you say hubris? Sure. I knew you could. (laughs) Wait, isn't it hubris? Uh, You could pronounce it either way. Uh, I think it, uh, I don't know. They, they, Kind of hubris, hubris, hubris is that uh, anyway? I, I, I've hubris, only ever heard hubris, hubris but like hubris Both are acceptable. <laughs> I don't but know. Here's the thing. There's a lot of words that I read all the time and never hear. Horton so hears a my pronunciation is anybody's guess. <laughs> what were you saying, Peakless? So they call it directed evolution. 
And one of the problems with... Misdirected evolution. Right? Mm. Well, one of the problems with this, though, is that the solution to this disease is to implant a nanotechnology platform Mm. into you. And this is part of directed evolution, you see. Yeah. See, I... Okay, that like yeah. okay, two things that people really should be fitting into most conversations because they are extinction like level to kill us all. Yeah, yeah, extinction level possibilities is mm-hmm. something like, that you should be able to talk about at any point. Like I, I would like to see the evolution of the BCI, the brain computer interface. Right, I would like to see an interface, not. an interface that I could just put on my head and I could learn a foreign language without. You know, going through the, you know, I don't know, downloading the app or reading a book or taking a class on a foreign language, right? I would like to just, you know, you know, all of the matrix, right? That's fucking nightmare. Download, download a program into my head. Now I know French or whatever, right? See, under anarchy, I wouldn't wouldn't mind having that. You wouldn't be you anymore. Like, you have to understand a language. Just because I know a different language? Yes, absolutely. Like, number one, a language contains okay, but basically the, all of the information true, about the culture is contained in the if language. If that's true, then I am not the same person when I learn French the regular way. Yeah, but this is on a completely different level. Okay, but that doesn't make it wrong. So, like, As long as nobody is go, harmed and no property is harmed in the process. I mean, certainly you have the right to do it, whether it's, whether it's advisable or not. Well, we don't know. We don't even know the parameters of this. I can imagine the the issue as 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 a programmer. I can imagine the issue that Peakless is saying because there is a difference between growing something organically yeah. within your brain and implanting it surgically, yeah. which is more or less what you're describing. At that point, you have to say, well, what is the quality of the surgery? What is the uh, Sure. You know, there's all sorts does of questions that language come wrapped in your personality the way it would be if you had learned it organically? But the only way to to find out is to try. And I'm curious. So if somebody else wants to try it first, that's fine. But with the government we have, with the military industrial yeah, complex yeah, that we all, have, I don't horrible. even trust my phone, much less yeah. hooking anything directly into my fucking brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not okay with them programming us through the education system and the television, let alone just literally directly programming I, I never said I wanted neurons. them to do it. Well, well and, and, that, and that's the thing is... In the current society, there's no way to keep their fingers out of it. I mean, what I think every time they bring suit against uh, a cryptocurrency is, we didn't make this shit for you. This isn't yours. This is ours. We made it. It's a fact. It's true. Thanks. Absolutely right. So, I mean, everyone focuses on Satoshi Nakamoto, which, yeah, I mean, huge, huge leap forward there. But he very much stood on the shoulders of, well, maybe not a giant, but like there was so much work that went into this in this entire community of just giving for free their time, their effort, their sweat equity, just handing it over. Here's a bunch of open source code that I've spent years of my life working on. And crypto has been uh, retarded by decades by the actions oh, yeah. of the government. Oh, yeah. So much Absolutely. more would have happened. So if we have not seen as far as others, it's because there were giants standing on our shoulders. Let's get back to the caller, Chad. 
Uh, shag, but people oh, shag. Always, shag. God damn it. Shag. Shag. No, people always You've just completely shag. forgotten um, about how we Austin Powers made fun of him last no, time. No, they said Becky during the Obey the Beard <laughs> thing, just, and then Chad and You only shag. have room in your brain for shag. one man. I, gotcha. I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> shag, what do you want to say? Um, well, you know, I just uh, don't have too much to say about what you're talking about uh, right now at the moment, but oh, I hate uh, to redirect the conversation. Redirect but, away. That's what we do yeah, here. Yeah, no, I mean... That all interests me and everything, but I, I'm very curious. Um, I really dig your analysis uh, a lot on a lot of things, all all three. But yeah, just a couple of things I wanted to address was, um, you know, I just it's it's very disturbing to me how when I talk to people about the seriousness of the situation right now, people seem to just not even be able to they're not even capable of recognizing it and it's really disturbing to me and well, like if it was a danger to our existence that would be on it's the news completely yeah the it's, mainstream it's media like, would have told us exactly yeah i mean it's it's almost like people uh they just like yeah anyway they don't know how to well, deal i mean with part it. of it they is pretend it's not is, a big deal but i mean part of it's just like disaster fatigue I mean, they, they yeah, keep putting us true. in a continuous state of high alert. Yep. And at some point, like, look, we keep not dying. So at this point, they're just yeah. too exhausted to even contemplate yeah. the, this for what it is. Well, and, and it's just like emergency after emergency. Yeah. And to some completely. extent, there is, um, uh, I think it goes along with what you're saying, Peakless, at least for the older, older kids, right? Uh, if you're above, I don't know, uh, 40. Right. If you're older than 40 years old, uh, you've seen this before. This is a rerun. This is, oh, my gosh, be very afraid of the nukes. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, uh, cower under your desk, you know, duck and cover. Right. You've seen oh, this yeah. before. You've been threatened mm -hmm. before by the nukes and nothing happened. And so now you're sort of like cry wolf about it. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe some nukes will fall yeah. or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you've seen this this episode before. But the reality is governments yeah. keep murdering people, so, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just so it's so disturbing. I mean, I've been in a, a state of despair since Russia invaded. I mean, it's just it's just the implications of this are, are so incredibly serious, and it's just it's truly disturbing. But I well, also wanted to implicate it. Sorry, what's that? Well, there there is a, a pretty big silver lining on this whole thing, too. There is? Oh, absolutely. So, like, uh, one of the things that this has done, uh, the, the sanctions that the U.S. and subsequently all of Europe uh, put on Russia, and one of the big things, the SWIFT system, kicking them off the SWIFT, the SWIFT uh, money transfer system yeah. completely and, like, running off with all of their money, basically, has uh, finally lit this fire under them to, like, oh, yeah, we were going to replace this with something that actually worked years ago, but... We really didn't want to bother because this was in place and everything's kind of built for this retarded thing. But mm -hmm. now the world is in a point where it is all sort of looking at, well, let's do something other than the U.S. dollar because it sucks. For those who don't oh, yeah. know the, uh, the SWIFT system, uh, for our listeners out there, the SWIFT system is a system that only banks use to transact with themselves. Mm -hmm. With each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's what's called uh, an international clearinghouse. But this system's been the American system, and everything in the world runs on it for a very long time, even though it's so unbelievably outdated and just terrible at its job. And probably the biggest theft in human history, yeah. because, you know, we... We, 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 bar we, we received actual goods 
in exchange for the $31 trillion of, in national debt. Yep. But now we could quite literally just print out 31 $1 trillion bills, pay off the national debt, and say, hold on to those boys. Someday they might be worth something. But by the way, we're going to stop using the dollar tomorrow. Yep. They could yep. do that. They yep. won't yep. because the dollar is the root of their power. Yeah. Well, and, yep. that, and that's that's a big part of why this is a silver lining because we are rapidly hurtling toward a different monetary system, which is a huge white pill. So yeah, like, that's uh, true. But if the, you know CBDC crap comes out, then you know I don't know. That's the question, I mean, man. I, like the like. Yeah. Okay, so people just got through making not the totally wrong choice with COVID. So the totally wrong choice would be everyone takes the shot. People didn't make the totally wrong choice. So I I really am hopeful that okay because we we have a new choice now. Like either we're going to choose the central bank digital currency. Or literally anything else. My personal bet is on a combination between Bitcoin and gold, at least for the beginning. But like, yeah. we have a choice: either we can have our own system, or we can take the central bank digital currency, and they will own all of our lives and all of our activities forever. Yep, yep. One thing I definitely find very promising is that there's a huge trend um, of people, you know, steering away from mainstream media. I mean, people, yes. it's, a, it, it's oh, just yeah. widespread. Friendly. People are realizing the total BS that they've been fed. For and so you know what Joe I think Rogan is... gets way higher ratings than anything on CNN. Yeah, for sure. And, and another thing that I think is driving people away from mainstream television is mainstream television's attempt to launch all of these multiple independent streaming services, right? Because they saw how successful Netflix was when they launched the streaming service, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, for those folks who don't remember, Netflix, when it started, used to be based on DVDs, right? Right. You mm -hmm. used to get physical things in the mail. They would mail them to you. You'd watch them. You mail them back, and then you get some more, and you pay a monthly subscription fee for that. Which that was all, uh, one of the only ways that Blockbuster was staying around. Right. Uh, that all changed, and now I don't think, I mean, there's probably some people who get the DVDs still because they're old and in the dark ages, mm -hmm. but uh, for the most part, everybody's migrated to streaming. So now everybody sees the success of that, and now CBS has got their own platform, and Paramount's got their own platform, and so these mainstream media companies are all launching their own streaming services at, you know, 10 mm -hmm. 20 bucks a month, whatever it is, and now you have to subscribe to 100 different, well, not 100, but, you know, multiple different ones and by the time you subscribe to them all you're paying more than you would pay for fucking cable anyway well that's what we, uh net torrent is for or bit torrent well, those of side. us those of us who are pirates from back in the day know Arr! know that this has been an option from the get and if mm. you are paying for these services why there's a way not to uh and you can still watch all of your programs uh, it's totally yeah. yeah if i can't get it on BitTorrent, i just don't watch it because i will not give these monsters any more of my money there yeah. there was a there was a thing i saw on on twitter i don't know if it was real or not 
where some of the Howie Weird freaks were uh, were saying, we're going to stop making movies until everybody gets the jab. And huh. I'm thinking, oh, that would be so wonderful right. because somebody new yeah. could come along and compete without all the government subsidies right. that these assholes get from the military-industrial complex right. to make propaganda. Oh, independent film could have an opportunity to flourish? Oh, oh what a horrible thing Quick, to have happen. somebody panic. I'm right. being sarcastic, of course. <laughs> yeah. That would be one of the greatest things to happen to And film. if you listen to what these people say, that's what they should want, because they're always saying, oh, independent film is better. Well, they're not going to stop working for Hollywood, are they? No. Jag? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely taking what you all are saying. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask you something else before you let me go. I'm, I've, I've been totally interested in moving up there for, I don't know, the past 12 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't happened. Um, I really well, appreciate how you all... It's not going to happen unless you, know, you make all, it happen. <laughs> no, it's true, absolutely. I mean, I really appreciate how you all have been, you know, proponents of and advocates for the Liberty migration. I was just hoping you could basically, if, if you're cool with it, just, uh, just give me some ideas about kind of what, uh, you know, what I, I think I understand probably what motivated you to go, but what, what sort of, what was your reception like? What were sort of the first steps you took to establish yourself there? What, what did life start to kind of look like when you got there? You know, was there, you know, a real embrace of the Liberty community? Um, I, I guess I'm just curious about about kind of what it looked like well, uh, I think when you all went up there. We all had different experiences. Um, we would have to go through them, you know, one at a time. Yeah, yeah I sure. think so. Uh, if you want to, I think nobody sure. you got here before either. Peak yeah, was I was right. I was the yeah. first to arrive, so I'll be I'll be the the first to tell my story. I guess. Um, I uh, I my I first entered New Hampshire. In 2007, okay, and I I know that because the uh, the Ron Paul campaign was was going on, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and and that was a t I remember that being a topic of conversation. I came to Porkfest, mm. um, and New libertarians uh, being minted left and right, yeah. And well, I was already a libertarian. I was not yet an anarchist. I was a minarchist when I first moved here, and for quite a while after I was here, actually. Um, but I I went to that, and the reception was just amazing, you know. And it was uh, it was beautiful to just be able to talk to people uh, who didn't. I won't say they didn't think I was crazy because, you know, they were pretty perceptive people, <laughs> but uh, but they didn't think I was wrong, um, <laughs> which is Angel. There's this great thing where this uh, this woman who happens to be a physicist has been uh, she she got trapped in another dimension and then brought back and she's writing all of these equations on the walls of her hotel room trying to figure out how it happened and she finally does and she's explaining it to the character angel and and he's not believing her and she says i'm not crazy and he's looking around at the equations scrawled on her hotel room walls <laughs> and she says well i'm not wrong <laughs> but anyway i uh 
Well, and that's the thing. If you're the only one that sees this and everyone else, like they've been trained so well to ignore that this thing's here that they literally don't see that it's there. Well, they're going to treat you like you're crazy because you're looking at this thing that from their perspective doesn't exist. Yeah. And from my point of view, they're crazy. But anyway, that was was my first trip. Um, And the only real acclimation issue that I had is that um, when I was talking to people, their gun would become like a second pair of boobs. So I'd be looking at their gun while I'm talking at them. My eyes are up here, yo. Yeah. Um, but but I got over that after a while. And I, I was carrying two. Um, I just wasn't used to seeing people do it. Mm. You know, it was it was technically legal in Michigan where I came from. But God help you if you did it. They'd, right, yeah. They, they yeah, might not be able to convict you, but they'd be able to shoot you. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that I argue with people that, who are like, oh, Texas, that's where the gun culture is. It's like, no, it's fuck fucking that. not. It's in New Hampshire, that's for sure. Right? Yeah. Seriously. I've seen way, way, like, I don't think I've physically seen one person open carrying in Texas ever. And I used to go there every year. So, yeah. But here? No, it's it's uh, all over the place. It's rather common. Yeah. The Luby's Massacre uh, that that happened, it was, it was years ago, but... Uh, there, there was a woman who later became a, a state rep who didn't, she had a gun in her car yeah. and she left it in her glove box because for whatever reason, it wouldn't have been legal for her to take it in the restaurant. And for her obedience, she got to watch both of her parents murdered before her eyes right. and be helpless to do anything about it. Right. Um, I, don't, don't get us wrong. It's. Like, if you go into a crowded grocery store on a Sunday afternoon, you might see one or two or three people open carrying. It's not like everybody's, I don't want to paint the wrong picture for people who are listening. Yeah, at Porkfest, everybody's open carrying. At Porkfest, not, not in a grocery carrying. store, right. necessarily, though right. I carried everywhere I went. But you will see folks in a grocery store open carrying. It, mm-hmm. it, you will see it. It will happen. It's to a point, I've been here three years now, it's to a point where, like, I don't even notice it anymore. Mm-hmm. I yeah. used to notice it all the time because it was foreign to me. But once it's you know once you're used to it, you're like, oh, yeah, there it is. I was in a bar not too long ago. Uh, this is be you know, around the holidays or whatever, and some guy sitting at the bar, you know, carrying his you know revolver on his side, and I was just like, it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, the first time I uh, the well, I'll, I'll get to that when I when I get there. So that was my first pork fest. Um, I went to a second. Second pork fest, and it was freaking wonderful. So this is Again, before you moved. Uh, this these were both okay. before I moved, um, and you know it it was painful for me to leave New Hampshire each of these times. So in the meantime, I was working for Citibank, uh, writing program trading code. Yeah, I was working for Shitty Bank, and this is during the housing collapse. <laughs> and I realized that right. that the people that I was working for had literally intentionally caused this financial disaster uh, and knowing that they would get bailed out by the government and make bank. 
and and I was like, oh my god, well, this is sure, horrible. Sure, it'll ruin everyone else. They'll lose their houses, yeah. but like we'll be. Rich. But we'll get whatever they lose. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, so I started teaching Austrian economics mm. to my coworkers yeah. and, you and could, explaining. Right? Yeah. Well, especially my coworkers because they were financially savvy. They were writing code that traded stocks. Right. Yeah. And and they were smart because they were programmers. Mm. So so I started teaching them. Uh, about it, and uh, and finally, uh, my my supervisor calls me in, and he says, "You have to stop, um, stop uh, teaching economics <laughs> to your coworkers because you're destroying the morale in I, your department." I, and I said, "I should hope so. I'm doing my best." And they had security show me where the door was in case I'd forgotten. I want to. What I, were you say? I, I want to linger on this a little bit too because I can't imagine. What it must have been like, like the feeling that that a guy might have if, you know, you're doing your job and then you have the realization that you're like, I'm working for the motherfuckers that are causing all this shit. Like, it's like Ender's Game, where they have this kid playing what he thinks is a video game, and it turns out he's killing real people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't imagine, like, what that does to your soul when you have that, that revelation. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, I bet. You know, yeah. and so I, and so at that point, I, I got, I got, uh, um, you know, they, they let me go after I said I should hope so. I'm doing my best, right? Yeah, um, and, 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 and that, that I, was a, a truly tremendous turning point for a lot of people. I mean, like we look at a lot at, of people woke yeah. up as yeah, a result well, of that. We look at we look at like 2001 as a as this like day of the world change, and that's true. But 2008, like. Satoshi Nakamoto wrote Bitcoin because of that crash. Yep. Right. Yeah. And uh, if you look at, so the IMF just released a, a paper on uh, gold as a reserve currency. Right. Uh, not a barbarous relic anymore? Question mark. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the graphs that you see in this thing, so it goes from like uh, 1999 to now, and it's just this like 45 degree drop of of how much gold people are or not people countries right. are holding for their reserves until 2000. And then it just completely reverses and it's a straight 45 up from there <laughs> yeah. past its right. point in 99 yeah. and it it's it's still going. So yeah. you two two pork fests. Two when pork did you fests. Find, did you then move? I, I get I got fired and I was um, oddly enough, I was. I was kind of depressed as when I when oh, I got fired, and partially I think it was because of what you were saying. Yeah, I like, can't imagine why. Oh my God, what have I done? I helped crash the economy. Right. Um, and so I sat in my hotel room, or my my uh, I was living in this this little apartment, which was it was a funny little apartment. It was on former military uh, housing in North Char- Charleston, South Carolina, okay. and it was ninety nine percent black. And I was living there when Obama was elected. And <laughs> nice. and the cool thing about that was just going outside, and I saw these people jubilant. You know, oh, yeah. in the parking lot thinking, uh, you know, and and they were just so happy that it was freaking horrible. This old black lady comes up and just hugs me. <laughs> and I'm just like, OK, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, because the Republicans aren't really any better. No, you know, not. they're better on guns. The only thing they're better about is they would let us fight back eventually. But then <laughs> they'd fight against us. Um 
but the uh, but uh, oh, the other thing that happened there is I got pulled over on my way home, and I was so close that I turned into my complex and parked in front of my my apartment mm-hmm. um, uh, bef- before I dealt with the cop. Yeah. And he asked to take my side. I told him, you know, I'm a concealed carry per- permit holder, and I'm carrying legally. And she's she's uh, she said, "What are you What are you carrying?" I said, "Well, I've got a 357 uh, revolver in a in a shoulder holster, and I've yeah. got a got a another 357 revolver in the middle of the back holster." Um, and she said, "Okay, well, let me have them." And uh, just while while we're talking, so I feel safe. And I was like, "I don't didn't like that," but I was like, "Okay." And she unloaded them uh, while we were talking, gave them back to me afterwards, and uh, I went back in the house, reloaded. Well, the same lady who came up and hugged me, who is my my next door neighbor, comes up comes out the next morning. She was like, "Are you a cop?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And she was like. Why did that cop give you your gun back? Yeah, I said because it's legal for me to to have it. Yeah. And, like I got a permit. And my she guns said, and... "Wow, I've seen a thousand cops take guns. I've never seen one give it back before." <laughs> 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 but uh, because it was a black black neighborhood, and mm-hmm. and apparently they were they were like taking legally owned firearms yeah. from yeah. black folks. Yeah. you know, and and. You know, it, uh, yeah, it's just, just puck that. But anyway, so, so yeah, that's that's one of the things. Gun laws can only harm peaceful gun holders. Like if you oh, are, yeah. if you're a gun holder and you're being peaceful, that's when you get harmed by these laws. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can harm you if you're not peaceful because you'll do more time in prison if and when they prosecute you but these days they don't even prosecute people unless they're not hurting anybody yeah. um but uh so anyway i uh i at that point i was just like fuck it i'm going up to uh going up to uh new hampshire okay so you you'd been here twice for the pork fest you had this, mm-hmm. this interaction with the cops or whatever and then that was you're like all right fuck yeah. it i'm going Yep, and a couple that uh, that uh, lives in in Manchester uh, that I had met at Pork Fest. I had, I started getting that was when I first created a Facebook account mm-hmm. um, because people had told me in the uh, in like the uh, NH Free forum and the other web forums that a lot of people were on Facebook and that was the, probably the best place to talk about it which is unfortunate because those things were completely uncensored yeah but uh but anyway so I I had met them I contacted them over the web and they said great we've got a spare room in in our house and you can stay with us for 400 bucks we'll give you that room a month and I was like groovy and uh did you get a job somewhere uh, I did not. Um, I was. I had a, a fair amount of silver and gold okay. at that time. So you time. had means and were so, able to support yourself. Well, I had means, and also I was selling the silver and gold uh, to people in person, and then ordering more from a company called Bullion Direct. Yeah. And then there was there was another thing there, which is they had a market. Like when you bought stuff from Bullion Direct, they put it in account. Okay, they didn't immediately send it to you. And then the second thing was you could say, okay, send me this from my account. Okay, but you could also trade it with other people 
on online. So okay. there was a whole market there, and uh, and it was nice because their their proprietary market automatically reacted to the uh, to changes in the spot price of gold. It was okay. automated, um, but the the offers that you had online did not. Okay, so what I would do, well, until I came along, because what I would do is when the price of gold fell or silver fell sharply, I I would go in and buy at at the proprietary store, which it which it adjusted and then sell to all the people who were asleep and had orders pending. And and I'd just clean up when the market went down arbitrage. And so you're making money and and life was good. Um, and uh, did you what? So when you showed up to New Hampshire, assumably there were some other people who showed up around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice anybody like having difficulty assimilating or getting, you know, getting jobs or getting, you know, grounded in some way? Um, not not really. No, I okay. mean, and and there were a fair number of people came in. Um, about about the time I did, I actually know the day I arrived because it was February fourteenth of uh, two thousand and nine. Okay. Now at the time, so I know that now it's fairly easy in the community to pay for just about anything with gold and silver. Anyway, uh, at the time, was that uh, was it just like every now and again you find someone to sell it to and you use that for for things well, or or was it uh still a matter of like even though there were fewer people it was easy to uh to purchase goods and services with gold yeah i mean not everybody had it but just about anybody would take it if you offered it to them right. uh for things cuz they wanted it but it's awkward to trade in because mm-hmm. you know at, at this point an ounce of silver was thirty dollars, and so that's a that's a big 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 bill to break. It's it's inconvenient, right. mm. um, and uh, you know what we really needed was uh, gold back crypto, mm, but. Right. Uh, yeah, and and at this point, we also have uh, someone in the community who has like really tradable uh, quantities of silver. Um, like, oh, the silverbacks uh, plus not silverbacks. No, because that's the well, that's the thing. Like a silverback's worth nothing in in just the silver of it. Uh, it's it's really? sort of a novelty. Yeah. Uh, well, because silver is worth just this a fraction of what gold is so having a thousandth of an ounce of silver is uh it's like two cents and it costs like you know twelve dollars to make the silverback (laughs) or something oh god ain't nobody got time for that no the the silverback is a novelty just to prove that it can be done okay but yeah yeah he's coming he's come out with uh i think it's about four bucks worth of silver it's just these uh you know little ingots i guess so, oh, oh! You're talking about the uh, the, the, the uh, Silver Dave. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's come out with uh, quantities that are you know trade worthy, so you don't have to break down a, a thirty dollar lump. Right. Yeah, it's one of the things. Uh, Shag, we've been talking quite a bit about uh, nobody's experience. Uh, did you have any questions for him? Um, not that I can think of, really. I was just trying to get like a general impression okay. of of how your all your experiences were. Well, let's uh, let's move what on to what sort of like. Oh, was I here before? What you? sort of hurdles you might have faced? Oh yeah. Huh? Oh, what yeah, sort of hurdles did you face? Yeah, just hurdles. Did you um, I I can't really think of any. I mean, yeah. uh, life was 
freaking great. I, you know, had... I was happier than I'd ever been. <laughs> when, when, when did you get here? Oh, geez. 2019? I, I think 2018. So you might have been here before me. Uh, I came right. in 2019. Uh, let's see here. Um, Got to think now because uh, I think I had heard about this in the very uh, first place uh, while Trump was running. So that'd be 2015. Okay. So, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm bad with time, but I, I'll, I'll talk time. about the experience. One, now. one yeah. more one thing, thing that, I'll uh, mention. I think he wants that, to know about like hurdles or yeah, what one was thing your plan that had and what were the hurdles. Me. So, like, as soon as I heard about this, I I went, "When is my lease up?" Uh, okay, I'm heading out here as soon as possible. So, I did you come yeah. for a visit first? No. Okay. Nothing. You're just like, nope, gonna do it. Here I go. It's like, oh, you're gathering the anarchists. Why the fuck didn't anyone tell me? Right. Like I listen, you know, I, I I I've got an ear to the ground in that community. How is no one talking about this? Like, why didn't anyone say something? But yeah, I mean, it's it's a no brainer for me. Like I I I see this thing. It's right there. I have to talk to these people about it, and they don't see it. And when you when you talk them down, eventually it gets through their thick fucking skulls that the government isn't a solution. Right. Oh, it's actually... Until you don't see them for a week yeah. and then they forget. Exactly. Exactly. They, it, it's too much for them to process. So instead of, uh, of processing it, they just kick it right out of the brain. Yep. Which means you never get to the next step of like starting to refine the idea. Starting to figure out what the fuck to do about it. All right, so uh, what, you packed up your car and drove cross country? Uh, bought a van, uh, packed everything I owned into it, and headed straight up. All right, and what sort of challenges did you face? <sighs> All sorts. Um, took longer than I expected. Uh, it's a hell of a drive, though, from yeah, Colorado to yeah, New is. Hampshire. I yeah. Mean, yeah, pretty much. That's most of, the, most of the way across the country. Yeah. Kind of used to it. Yeah. Um, I'm no spring chicken, but uh, I I used to do that uh, for the Renaissance Festival. Mm. Like uh, first time, first time I ever drove cross country for that. I went from uh, Pennsylvania to Texas, so same kind of distance. Okay, but uh, so you get here, yeah. And now uh, one thing that I, that did kind of surprise me because you know I, I I kind of expected people to be a little impressed with that. That like no, I I didn't test the waters. I didn't you know dip my toe in like no i'd pack everything up and head right up here i kind of i kind of thought that'd be impressive but everyone's kind of like no no we yeah everyone had to leave yeah, their you entire were like world. the ten thousandth person to think of that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> we had a lot of people who just showed up at pork fest with a backpack and never left like, i'm here <laughs> yep now and and that's that's kind of the nice thing about it too is that yeah, no, we all left our entire world to get up here. Yeah. We left what our what our world was so that we could be in a world with each other. And that's really what it comes down to. It's a completely different world. So, uh, well, you, you got a job, found a place. What, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, massage therapist. Um, that part I had uh, planned ahead. Uh, I got my massage license out of the way before I headed up here, uh, which, again, like... <laughs> Had more to do with when my lease was up than anything else. Yeah. I had the time to get that done, but uh, I knew that I knew the bureaucratic bullshit was going to take forever, so I started that right away. 
And yeah, massage therapist is, uh, I mean, really any trade. Like if you have a trade, you're useful. You can find pretty much anywhere you'll be able to use it, you know, whether you're massage therapist or HVAC or woodworking or whatever it is. Like if uh, all the things that they certify, basically, which is bullshit, but you get the idea. Yeah. So yeah, uh, hit up a hit up a spa. Got a job. Uh, got a place to live uh, relatively quickly with uh, with uh, another free stater. Another so. free stater rented you a place or yep. whatever. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. That was that was a trip too because coming from Colorado, yeah. uh, the Centennial State. Yeah. Um, nowhere near as, as cool as the live free or die state. Uh, so. If you are in a building that's a hundred years old, also false advertising because yeah. they say they're the hundredth state and there's only fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, hundred years, hundred years, not hundred. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But the thing about that, it, it's uh, you know, you get umpteen bajillion hipster points if you live in a building that's a hundred years old, right? Yeah. Because like, oh wow, it's so kitsch and like old fashioned, and oh, that's that's amazing. And old here, it's like, oh, it's only a hundred. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh you're, you're in, in one of the house. new buildings yeah. then. Yeah. No, everyone here lives in a two hundred year old house that's been here since there were mills. Yeah. For a while, I lived in a uh, rooming house in New in uh, Manchester that was literally built as a stopping point for the Pony Express. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, Shag, did you have any questions for Peakless? Uh, not not particularly, right. I guess. Um, He's getting shagged you know, out. I, 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 no, no, I'm just I'm listening. I'm, inter- I'm very interested. I, in I will say that, know. like, it worked. So uh, in the back of my mind, what I wanted to accomplish from coming up here is uh, I wanted to, to get into this, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, now at the time, the version of this that was, that was popping off was YouTube. Yeah. Uh, because it was... Right in that sweet spot where it was, where everyone was starting to leave television, but YouTube hadn't, you know, cut everyone's vocal cords out. Yes. I so, uh, my 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 trip here was weird. I had to attempt to come here twice. Uh, we covered most of this on an episode of uh, uh, Nobody Tells the Truth. Oh, really? A couple, three years ago, I guess now, it's the Captain Kick-Ass Origins story episode, which you can find on the the Free Talk Live archives. Uh, I'll I'll give you the the summary version of it. Um, I had played in bands for 22 years in the Seattle area. Uh, My job had just laid me off. The band was sort of done. You know, we'd, we'd been at it 10 years, and we hadn't gotten signed or, you know, went on like a major tour or anything like that, and so... I was like, well, you know, we put out a couple albums and a couple of EPs and, you know, I, you know, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm over 40 at the time. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to regret not coming to New Hampshire if I don't go. Right. Having been a fan of this program, Free Talk Live, as well as other. We'll this call is them, Beard Talk Live, actually. Well, Beard Talk Live. Uh, <laughs> yes. Before the creation of our this parent program. program, our parent program. Yes. Our, our sister, brother, brotherly program, I don't, whatever it is. At any rate. Uh, I decided to come. I uh, was collecting unemployment. I started selling off a bunch of musical gear, and I bought a trailer, one of these white cargo trailers, to tow behind my Toyota 4Runner that I owned. And I, you know, got rid of most of the stuff that I could, packed up everything I thought was necessary into the trailer, and I headed out in uh, 2014. 
uh, in March, I believe, of 2014. Uh, I got across three quarters, uh, almost the whole state of Washington, uh, before there was some uh, moisture on the road that turned to ice, uh, and I flipped my vehicle mm, three or four times. Uh, if I had had anybody in the passenger seat, they would have been dead the way the car was crushed. Uh, the doors of the trailer busted open and threw out, you know, half my shit over the side of the road on the on the interstate. Uh, some fine folks who were driving behind me saw the whole thing happen, stopped, uh, helped kick out the front window and helped me un- unlatch my seatbelt because I was literally hanging by my seatbelt because uh, the car ended up with the driver's seat towards the top. And so they helped me get out. Uh, cops showed up, of course. The irony is I got a ticket for driving with the wheels off the roadway. Wow. Which, if you read that ticket, um, isn't that flying? Yes. <laughs> isn't that an FAA violation instead of a traffic? T- anyway. Uh, People keep you- getting pregnant. Is there something in the air? Yes, your legs. <laughs> so, needless to I mean, say. If you had a Jetson belt and they ticketed you for it, I think they could ticket you for driving <laughs> without your wheels on the ground. So car was totaled, trailer was totaled, uh, a bunch of my earthly belongings, you know, were strewn about. Uh, some folks came by, uh, tow truck style, and, you know, helped me put what I could back into the thing. Uh, they took the both the truck and the trailer away. I got uh, stuck at a hotel over the weekend. Uh, it was some sort of a holiday that weekend or whatever, and so I had to wait an extra day. So it was like three days that I spent in some, you know, podunk town in eastern Washington, just outside of Spokane. Uh, bleeding money by the day, you know, buying, you know, eating at restaurants and that kind of a thing. Uh, I had no support system here in New Hampshire, so I hadn't visited here. I hadn't met anybody. I didn't know anybody here. So I had no support system, and I had to make a decision. My decision was that I'm just going to go back to Seattle where I have a support system, get in touch with, you know, my insurance company. I'd already been in touch with them a couple of times, but, you know, figure that all out, wait for insurance to kick in. I was fully insured for both the trailer and my vehicle. So, you know, I knew that was going to come through. So I had some bureaucratic shit to deal with, with my insurance company. A friend of mine put me up for a while and I knew that I was just going to have to like rebuild. So I went ahead and I got a job that led to another job and then I got my own place. And then I just started like, okay, let's plan this over again. And the job that I ended up getting was great because at some point uh, I asked them for a ridiculously sized raise, which they were never going to give me anyway. And they, they came back, though, and said, well, is there any, like, intangible benefit that we could give you uh, that, you know, would, would keep you on with us? And I'm like, yeah, you got a whole bunch of people that are already working remote. Uh, I've been with you for, you know, four years now, uh, almost five. Uh, you know, would you be willing to let me work remote full time? And they went, sure. And I was like, woohoo, here the fuck I come. <laughs> so uh, round two, I did it differently this time. Instead of buying a trailer and packing everything up and attempting to tow a trailer with my vehicle, I just sold my vehicle Mm. because I had bought another one with the insurance money and all that kind of stuff. Did Uh, you drive with your wheels on the road this time? (laughs) I I actually didn't. uh, I Well, (laughs) technically, yes, I did because I flew this time. Oh, okay. So again, no wheels on the damn road. No wheels on the roadway, yeah. You just don't learn. This is the licensed way. So my my (laughs) first attempt was uh, just I sold a bunch of shit, saved up some money. I was collecting unemployment, and that was covering my rent, and my lease expired right around the time my unemployment expired the first time before I got into the accident. And so I would have been, I I was going to head for Manchester when I got here because city, jobs, right? You know, figured, let me get a job first. I'll rent a place. You know, that kind of a thing. The second go around, I already had the job. 
So I literally just got online. I found some guy renting a place, uh, and I was like, hey, can you take rent online? He's like, yeah, actually, I take all my rent in Venmo. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Uh, I saw some photos. I'm like, hey, can you do like a over your phone? Can you do like a tour with me of the place? And he did. And so I got like a live tour and he just, you know, toured me around the apartment or whatever. And it looked fine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to send you a deposit for this place. I'm going to be in town uh, at the end of May. I w- I'd like to rent it out June 1st. He's like, oh, that's perfect because my tenants will be out uh, before Memorial Day weekend. It'll give me a chance to have it cleaned, et cetera, and so on. So I rented a place sight unseen. Right, send him deposit. Figured we'd, we'll do first month rent after I get to the place to make sure that it is everything that he said it was going to be. Uh, and so I rented one of these uh, pods, PODS, portable on demand mm. storage, except I rented the cheap version, the the U haul variety. Mm. Right. And so it's just this rickety box on That's like a U haul trailer. Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely was not classy by any stretch of the imagination. But I put all my earthly belongings into that and had it shipped. Right. So meanwhile, I had to spend uh, two weeks uh, in Seattle uh, living in a completely empty apartment with just like a blanket and a pillow that I was going to throw away as soon as I left uh, and like a backpack full of stuff. Uh, And then I finally got on a plane. I flew to New Hampshire. I landed in Manchester. Uh, I got uh, the most expensive Uber I've ever taken. It was 110 bucks to get me from the uh, the airport out to Keene. I Christ spent on a crutch mm. and creeping Jesus. I would have taken you cheaper than that. Well, <laughs> but you didn't know that. Again, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> so, uh, and I didn't know nobody. You didn't so, know nobody. And nobody didn't and know And nobody me. knew you. That's right. <laughs> so I get to uh, I get to Keene. I spend one night in a hotel. The apartment that I rented was walking distance from the hotel because Keene's not a very big town, right? And I was like right in the heart of it. So I just walk over there and meet the guy and, yep, seemed fine enough, got the keys from him and went back to the hotel and checked out and grabbed my bags and I had an apartment. Now I had to wait another two weeks for my pod, my U-Haul pod of shit to Your show pub. up. Yeah, because, uh, you know, timing, right? That's a thing that happens. W- so, were you frustrated by that? Did you pound your pod when it arrived? I did not. I actually, <laughs> actually ended up hiring some a couple of dudes from the U-Haul place because you can do that. They have a thing where you can mm-hmm. like hire dudes to help unload the thing because I wasn't going to unload the bastard by myself. Oh, uh, and you didn't you didn't know that we had moving parties here. I kind of knew that, but also like when once my stuff did arrive, I wanted to get it done like lickety split, and I didn't want to have to coordinate and all that kind of stuff. So I just took the I, I bought my way out of the situation is what I did. I spent the money, yeah, uh, to 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 just get all my shit inside the goddamn house. Mm-hmm. Lickety split sounds like what you do before sex. Well, it was his bud. <laughs> so he hired a few guys to you know pull was, some things was, out from. There was it. no pounding by these guys. Okay. Either no, he was taking. suggesting that you were frustrated. <laughs> I'm, uh, so there you are banging on this okay, wood box. In case it wasn't clear, I am hetero. In case anybody needed to know that. Uh, but never know. But at any rate, so I mean, those were the challenges that I faced. Was like, how do I rent a place sight unseen? I took a risk. Like I sent, uh, I think uh, the place that I rented was twelve hundred bucks a month. So I sent the guy twelve hundred bucks. I didn't know the guy. Now I went to some lengths to make sure he was a legit guy. He had a Mm. website. He had a phone number. I was able to call other tenants that he had because he's got some referrals listed on his website. That kind of a thing. Uh, I found out where the dude worked, called the work. They're like, yeah, yep, yep, we're aware. So, I mean, I did a little bit of due, due, due enough to satisfy me that, like, 
this guy, I wasn't going to show up. This guy was going to rip me off for my 1200 bucks, right? right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent me a lease in advance. I got to read through it and all that kind of stuff and, uh, you know, wait to, you know, to hand him the signed, co- the signed copy until after I viewed it again once I got there. He was super understanding. He's like, dude, we're a college town. This kind of thing happens all the time, so, like, don't even worry about it. I know how to, I know how this goes. You're in good hands. I'm like, all right, sweet. So nice. it was a positive experience that way. The place itself – I did have some problems with, uh, he did address it. I only stayed in the place for the one year, which was the length of the lease that I signed. So as soon as that was up, uh, I actually ended up staying a couple months over because I ended up buying a house uh, within that first year because, oh my God, the one thing that I thought was fucking awesome was that I got a raise simply by moving, right? So (laughs) in the Seattle, Washington area at the salary I was making, I was poor, Mm -hmm. fucking poor. And then I moved to New Hampshire. I'm still making the same salary, but the cost of living here is so much less oh, than yeah. it is in the city of Seattle. Yeah, marvelous I, what you can do without taxes. That I vicariously... Well, no, there's no income tax in Washington State either. Oh, no, I'm talking sales tax. But Well, there's that, but there's also just the cost of living, mm-hmm. right? The $1,200 apartment that I rented in Keene, yeah, New Seattle's Hampshire, you can't. You couldn't even find a studio for $1,200. Right. We're talking $1,500, $1,800. You could probably find one, but it would be shitty. Right. Super fucking shitty. Right. And if you could find one, there's going to be a line a mile long, you know, wait. So you better have all your ducks in a fucking row in order to be able to land that motherfucker. Quack. So at any rate, uh, yeah, the cost of living, I was like, oh, my God, I went to because the first two weeks I didn't have any of my stuff. So I wasn't like cooking at home. I went to every bar and restaurant, you know, in the, the downtown Keene area. You know, I got breakfast, lunch, dinner, beers, drinks, whatever. Uh, I got to you know sort of know the town a little bit, uh, and I was amazed at how little my bar tabs were. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" I'm like, are, "Is this right?" Is like the first couple of times I'm like, "Is this accurate?" I I've had like six beers and two shots, and it's it's like you know twenty bucks or something like like that would have been a fifty dollar tab easy sixty bucks in Seattle, right? Jesus, but ten dollars uh, a drink. Oh yeah, I shots in Seattle when I left were ten bucks. Fuck me. For a yeah. shot of, you know, like Jack Daniels. Like, you want to yeah, get like. Yeah, that is exactly the feeling yeah. of Seattle right there. Yeah. You want to get like into expensive liquor, it was more. You know? Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. So. I, I ain't going to pay, I ain't going to buy a $10 shot. So, yeah, shots of Jameson here were like six bucks when I got here. Mm-hmm. And that's like Jameson's considered mid shelf here, right? You want to go with like like a house, you know, whatever the well variety of whiskey is, it's like $5, $4 a shot. Mm-hmm. Where it was when I first got here. Is Jameson uh, not mid-shelf most places? It depends on the place. Really? Does it go higher or lower other places? Some places, the highest thing on the shelf is Jameson. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you were going to dives. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Honestly, Jameson's about as high as I usually like to go anyway. Yeah, but I usually like to go to a bar that has something better. I'm just not going to pay for it. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a, there's a give and take on that. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. My favorite bar to go to has like, you know, usually has next to nothing because it's like an, an agorist place and people yeah. just leave booze there in the refrigerator and each 
like each type of booze has a little box next to nice. it. I'm not going to say where this yeah, yeah. place is yeah. and what it's called, but uh, we know. <laughs> you know, they don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, just to yeah. you know, give membership organizations are wonderful, aren't they? They are, especially when there are no fucking thieves because you won't mm-hmm. tolerate it. So you can do things like leave $300 worth of weed sitting on a table and you'll come back and find something. Three hundred dollars in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where else can you do that? Yeah, that's the thing. Trust <laughs> is this unbelievable. Just it is, it is so essential. Incal- incalculable. How much richer you get from trust. And, and like you were talking about, oh well, you know, this is a college town. This happens all the time. And the fact that you come out here and and he's not just ripping you off for your twelve hundred bucks. Like this is a high trust area. Yeah, just in general. Now, don't get me wrong. If you get to like the the there's scumbags here. Oh, yeah. there are yeah. people who will fuck you. Yes. You know, I had a. And hard. I, I yeah, had I mean, two that's... hookers as roommates at one point in, in Manchester. Did they fuck you? Well, they did fuck me. <laughs> but then. But then they uh, fucked you. But then, well, one uh, I ended, ended up throwing out because she annoyed me, but the other one, like, she and, and her boyfriend tried to. Um, like I was going to buy five, uh, 500 bucks worth of, worth of weed and, and she was supposed to get somebody to bring it to me. And instead her boyfriend shows up and is like, get in the truck. And I'm like, no. Uh, and so, uh, and next thing, next thing, you know, like I'm pacing as, as we talk and next thing, you know, he like blindsides me in, in the face and uh, I ended up um, fighting with him and she comes up with a knife in her hand and I'm just like, you're not going to cut me, bitch. You don't have the balls. And, <laughs> and she didn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but not yeah, it was, an, be it was an awkward day, but uh. you know, don't live with junkies. Is the moral if, of the story. Here. If the you're lesson. not able to handle yourself yeah. is the moral of the story. And I don't generally advise it. I was that was kind of a, a dark time in my life yeah. and and I was doing things that I would never recommend that anybody else do. So the other <laughs> it is thing a way to get cheaper rent though. The the other thing True. I wanna I wanna impart on uh Shag here is that uh, I knew nobody. And not you, nobody. I knew the no one nobody. in the, the freedom, famous one. I, right. I I knew no one in the freedom community. <laughs> so and they didn't know me either. Right. And so as far as anyone was concerned, I was a normie. And so it was interesting that I got to sort of yeah, know just the town. A quick note on that: like, it, it's not like there's any distinctive style of dress for libertarians. Yeah, like is. you can't pick us out. You can if you're wearing like a, a, a yeah, NH every exit now and again t-shirt. See, yeah, yeah or, I'm wearing uh, a, it's not, it's not you, it's me. If someone's wearing that, sure. But mm-hmm. on average, on average, we're not wearing that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's actually a good hint for being here is get yourself openly libertarian t-shirts mm. and wear them on the street because you might meet you might right walk right past a free stater and not know yeah. it but if you're wearing that t-shirt he's gonna stop so that's the thing i'm getting at is that i made a uh and i'm not a religious man but i made a faith-based journey right i just i knew yeah. i would eventually run into some libertarians some free staters whatever i knew it was going to happen and so I just made the move as if I was moving to any other city for any other reason. 
right? I found a place, paid my you know deposit, got here. Here's the first month's rent, you know that kind of a thing. Turned on the utility, you know, took care of all the bullshit of moving, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was my focus, right? I started ordering new shit from Amazon because I sold a bunch of shit when I when I sold off my shit to make sure everything could fit in the thing. So I needed new shit. First thing I ordered, the fucking bed, right? right. And uh, so, you know, I got new shit out of the deal, right? right. This is really what it boiled down to. So more comfortable shit. My, my life became better. I was paying less in rent, right? I... Um, I'm still making the same amount of money that I was, so I vicariously got a raise. I can afford a better lifestyle now, uh, buy better beer, you know, stuff like that. You know, not not so much that it did allow me though to buy a house like a year later, right? Uh, my credit was built. Up, you know, I I uh, people look at me and they and they have this vision of a guy who really has his shit together. And it's like, I kind of have my shit together. Right. I don't really have you my shit together. You adult better than a lot of us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But like, it's still not that great. Yeah. Right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a few steps maybe better than, than a lot of us, but I'm not We've like. We've set the bar conveniently low it is, for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do appreciate that. Like, it's not a, you know, hard bar to get above, but I was able to do some things. But what actually happened is somebody that I know, uh, was uh, a guest in studio on Free Talk Live. And I was, of course, listening every night, mm-hmm. right, after I moved here. And I just texted the guy. I'm like, hey, did you know that I, I'm in Keene right now? And he's like, well, get your ass over to the studio. I'm like, I would, but I don't know where it is. Who was it? Adam. Adam Kokesh? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Adam in a while. Yeah, he's okay. kind of been off grid for Carry some on. time. But, I, I don't blame him. He's taken a couple of felony Like, I didn't and... really even know him very well. I had just helped him book a couple of venues when he was doing his book tour. He wrote a book while he was in jail and uh, sure, did, I... did a couple of book tours. And um, so when he'd come through Seattle. What the fuck was it called, though? Freedom! It's called Freedom. That's right. Yep. That's right. So because I know venues, I played in bands and stuff. Like, he put out a thing on, like, the Facebook or whatever and was like, hey, we had a venue bow out. Does anybody in Seattle know venues? And I'm like, I know venues. I can get you something. And he's like, great. And so then the next year he came around again, and he just pinged me off the bat. He's like, hey, you found me a place last year. Can you find me? And I'm like, sure. And so that's how I I, I knew him. I didn't know him very well, but, like, he was here, and I had his – phone number so i'm like i texted the guy and he's like well here's the address and i'm like are you sure it's okay if i come over and and blah blah you know this kind of thing did you ask the guys he's like just fucking get over here and i'm like okay yeah. uh and uh, this place is really informal so it is so really if 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 you end up in new hampshire for some reason business travel or or whatever give one of us a call we'll yeah. Yeah. you know if you want to see the studio and all we yeah. we welcome people or show up to one of our like we have a, a social event every sunday yeah, social sunday yeah or, uh, it's on the free free state project calendar i believe uh that kind of a thing so um I made a faith-based journey, right? I was like, I just had faith that I was going to bump into some people, some free staters eventually. And I did try to go to one event. I used to have social Sundays at, at a burger place. And uh, I went on a Sunday at the appointed time, and I didn't really see anybody that was obviously like libertarian or crypto or whatever it was. Oh, at that the burger is one place. thing that like really fucked with me yeah, when I got here. If people are, are encrypted, that- they look a little blurry. Huh? Go ahead. 
So <laughs> there are so many events on this calendar that, like, there's a bunch of them that, like, they'd sort of keep them on there, but no one was fucking showing up at these things. That might have been so it. So I'm like, but is none of this real? But also it might have mm. been, like, some sort of a holiday on the one day that I went and maybe there it didn't go that day or... I don't know. I it, it was it was just uh, poor decision making and management. They're like, well, you know, we it, but it has been a tradition, and people, I think people might start doing it again. And it's like, yeah. no, yeah. no, you need to advertise what is actually fucking yeah. happening. Well, that's the thing. If if something's on a calendar as a recurring event, somebody should re be responsible for that event. And that person should always yeah. show up to that event yeah, or have. make sure that somebody else does. Yeah. At least call the venue and say, if somebody shows up, give them this phone number. You now, know? Right. There should that be an not... event sort of champion, if you will, yeah. for every event. Yeah. Right. Now, that has not happened to me in a long time. Uh, everything that's been on the on the calendar, it's actually happening. Yeah. So that's that, that got corrected. But that was yeah. like... That was a little terrifying. It's like, is yeah. what? Wait, well, none of like, this real? What's going on? And, like, and the human. thing that happens is we used to have more scheduled events because people were just getting to know each other. Right. But after a while, you just go over to Bro's house, and right. you don't need to go to this particular bar at this particular time. Right? You know. So, uh, so I make the faith-based journey. You know, I just happen to know somebody who's guesting, and you know, send the text, and so I get the invite over to the studio. I meet you know everybody here, and. Uh, Mr. Freeman looks at me like uh, I think it was after the show and he goes you look like a guy with some opinions you ever do any radio and <laughs> well, three years later here I am so uh, wow. that's that's the short story <laughs> imagine the long story first time I was on Free Talk Live was the first time I, I got arrested that night go ahead Shag no I was just saying it's, it's just awesome to hear that it really worked out for you three and I've uh, you know, I've heard you say things that would lead me to believe it really was um, sort of a, a sense of coming home in a way that you. Well, that's what we you know, you were, that's what we so say good. to people when when they when they first show up when they introduce themselves. We're like, welcome home. Yeah, because that's what it is. That's awesome. And and, and one thing that's that I, that I I do gotta uh, put out there because it it is important. Like, so there is like there is kind of one interconnected community. But in that, there are lots of little communities. So one thing that's mm -hmm. really important is, like, just realize that, like, whichever thing you're into, like, your style thing, there's going to be a group of us out here somewhere that's that's that. Yeah. So, like, just keep putting feelers out until you end up in the right group. There's going to be people that you meet within, I'll call it the freedom community. There's going to be people that you meet that you don't like. Yeah. And yeah. they don't like you. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. Yep. But what's what's amazing is like when when somebody needs help, uh, the community really comes together. Mm -hmm. It really yeah. does. So like even the, the, the people that don't really like each other, they'll come together for the common cause of helping out uh, a fellow freedom-minded person. And that is where the real value of that community comes in. You will eventually find a community that's mm -hmm. that suits you that you know you're friends with and that kind of a thing it, it will happen you just have to spend enough time doing it also i i i've heard from other people who have come here and left right and the things that they've said are like well it wasn't as big as i thought it would be right mm -hmm. uh and and new hampshire is a very small state so for new hampshire 
the population of freedom-minded people uh, is large. But if you're coming from like a big city, like I did from Seattle, mm. you first have to adjust to the smallness of the size of the state, then the smallness of the size of the biggest city, mm. which pales in comparison to something like Seattle or Boston, for it's example. Like it's the size of Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's about 150,000 people. Right. So, uh, mm. so uh, adjusting to that uh, was something that I had to keep in mind. Uh, the communities are very small. I'm talking. I'm not talking about the freedom community. I'm talking about the towns or the cities uh, that you might move to. Most of them are towns. Very few cities. Uh, so uh, transportation is an issue. There really isn't public transportation, so to speak. Uh, there might be in Manchester. I think there's some city buses, kind of a thing. But I don't know that it's dependable for you to get to and from work. Uh, so you kind of oh, yeah. you kind of have to have a plan, have some finances. Don't come out here poor. People have done it and gotten away with it, but I don't advise it. Yeah, I don't agreed. advise it. Have some sort of means. Have the ability to sustain yourself for you know three months before you actually make the move. Let me make a counterpoint to that though, because if you find yourself broken, unemployed, and homeless somewhere, and you're a libertarian. You're better off being broke, unemployed, and homeless in in New Hampshire than anywhere else because there are people- If you're willing to work. Yeah, if you're willing to work, if Mm -hmm. you're not going to be a bum. If you're coming here to to have people support you, that is absolutely not going to happen. So don't even try it. Yeah. Um, But if you're willing to work- and people are people want you to stay, so they want to give work to you. Mm-hmm. And that and that's kind of like where I'm going with this whole diatribe is that um, nothing is going to be handed to you when you get here, whether it's a job, a place to live, or freedom. Like we are a small group of misfits who have banded together to attempt to do a thing, and that's going to require effort on your part. And and let me let me remind you of the words of Malcolm X. Though nobody can give you freedom, nobody can give you equality or any of those things. If you're a man, you take it. Right. And I I thank him for his endorsement. Right. Because nobody can give you those things. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do show up here, Shag, just look for nobody. <laughs> He's got gifts for you. Yep. Yep. Nobody's here. But yeah, so awesome. for example, like uh, uh, the pipe burst in in my building, but I've got a, a water a pipe liber- with the freeze. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. But uh, I've got a, a a free stater landlord, right? So now we could call Roto Rooter and they'd be right over. But instead, I'm gonna just hold on a second, see if I can if I can get another free stater to fix this for me. Right. Mm. And like, yeah, it's a little inconvenient. I'm gonna have to wait a little longer to get my water running again. He'll probably uh, take crypto. Exactly. He'll take crypto. He'll take gold backs. Uh, and Weed. Yeah. That's a currency here. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's it, it's this wonderful way of moving it around within our community yeah. so that we yeah. all just keep this energy flowing so we, that we all just keep mm-hmm. getting fed and housed. You we know? certainly now, are pioneers in that respect, though. Like, we're pioneering mm-hmm. the cryptocurrency community within New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty great. Yeah. And and there are different groups in the Free State Project because socially uh, we may have very different values. Like there are very, uh, very devout uh, Christians who might 
uh, who might on, on a religious level just be horrified that I happen to be bisexual and sometimes polyamorous. Um, I mean, not really, but bi- uh, really bisexual, but, you know, any old port in a storm. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> watch out for the trees, nobody. Uh, well, you know, uh, trans girls have more to fear from me. But, um, okay. <laughs> you know, but but anyway, the uh, so so they might be horrified by that on, on a personal level. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and they might hang out like. And group at at different places than people who are who are more like me. But but that's cool yeah. because we're voting the same way. We're all cool with they're not going to try to stop me from living my way, and I'm not going to try to stop them from living their way. We might get in an argument once in a while about what the best way to to do things is, but. But you don't have to do things the best way. You can do things your way, yes. even though clearly the best way is my way, always, <laughs> for uh, me. So, so the, the willingness to work, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't necessarily mean just at a job. I mean to work at bringing freedom about, at mm-hmm. uh, you know, spreading the word, at something. Whatever it is you might excel at, whatever skills that you have, be willing to put those to work for freedom as well. When you get here, not just, you know, finding a job, getting a place, that kind of a thing, but also be willing to work towards free. You're going to end up doing something and it's probably not going to be what you expect. You might have an idea in your head of like, well, when I get there, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And that probably won't end up happening. You'll probably end up doing something completely different, but it'll be right up your alley. It'll be, you know, you could even create the type of thing that you want to do. You'll find that there's a void. You'll, you'll be like, oh, you know what? I have an idea. I think that blah, 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 blah. And you'll spill out this idea and you'll ask around and you'll find out that no one's doing that. And so that's a perfect thing for you to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And one of the things oh, is if, if you have if you, a. Just quickly, if you have Twitter, and I don't know if you do, but some of our listeners do, and you're interested in, in moving here, post something with hashtag NHPolitics or hashtag Free State Project, and people will see that and people will start following you as a result of that. And that's one way to gain at least some secondhand social, uh, social uh, yeah. connections with people out here. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, so if you have uh, some idea of a particular area you're trying to get into, then either physically or metaphorically, just like hang around it and just hang around it and hang around it and it will develop and you will be able to move in that direction with your life, your time, your energy, whatever that is. Like it really does happen that way out here. Well, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, speaking of, uh, areas, uh, I'm assuming you all live in the Keene area, and I've been to Keene plenty of times. I got a buddy who lives in Fitzwilliam, a free stater. Okay. Um, so I spent some time spent some time up there. I love Keene. I'm not a big city person by any means. I've lived in cities, just not a fan. Um, I love the size of Keene. I, I I don't know. It seems like the right size town I could live in or live outside of. Um, you know, I've read a little bit. Uh, about uh, you know the different regions and why people tend to move. So the, you know the reasons people move to those regions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the long long run, I, I want to end up in somewhere pretty rural with a lot of space, a lot of nature, a lot more personal freedom. But in the short term, 
you know, I'm looking to, I want to meet people, you know, I want to be around a lot of people and I want access to a lot of things, um, yeah, you know, most, that you can't find outside. Most of people, I, how do, think, how do you like, I, I think most people end up in the Manchester area. That's usually, uh, yeah. usually most, people make two moves. They move to Manchester and then they move to where they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, and I would say that less than half are in in the Manchester area. People in Keene tend to see a lot of the Man Manchesterites. You almost never see Graftonites without going to Grafton. Yeah, like true. once in a while, occasionally but you'll see the rare as hen's teeth. But they're they're out there. They're just hiding in the woods because because <laughs> like I say, there's all kinds of different people. They're the prepper homesteaders, the prepper non-homesteaders, yep. the non-preppers. You got. Yep. You got kind of party people, you got religious people, you've got families raising children. Yeah. So you've got there's there's all kinds of different different interests. Homeschooling networks like you wouldn't believe like folks are homeschooling uh in New Hampshire at a at a yep. greater clip than other places. Uh, uh I'm trying to think of what else. But uh, as far as areas, I mean, it sound like you have a pretty good grip on, you know, what the areas are. Keen is sort of uh it's sort of an oasis there's really nothing within 30 miles in any direction of Keene as far as anything that resembles Keene so it can get pretty rural but there are some even more rural places like if that's what you're after it is here definitely you probably got to go north uh for it but it's definitely here but if you want to plug into the community first you might want to stay closer to like a Manchester area yeah 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 do you you think uh then start with that just one one quick comment. There are also the introverts who will occasionally like one will show up for social uh, for social Sundays and will be like so and and will be like so are you just visiting and they'll be like no I moved well when did you move six years ago right yeah. and we're just meeting you yeah. well sometimes that happens because sometimes people either don't know or they just they're doing their own thing and and they just want to be politically more free but they don't necessarily have to chill with us for that to happen yeah shag final thoughts right right um i mean i appreciate you getting into all this yeah. and uh, you know i'm just very curious about all your perspective because you've been there and, and gotten plugged in um do you think do you think keen is uh you know large enough of a place to be able to meet a lot of people especially you know um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with people of all ages, but you know, it's a, it's a good place to meet people, you know, people that are, you know, interested in music, people that are artistic, people, you know, creative people that are, mm-hmm. um, Keen's, Keen's smaller know, and, than you think it's, it's a good, yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely not I mean, huge. My yeah. suggestion, if you have the money. Uh, and and again, you may not, but some less listeners may. My suggestion would be don't pick a place to live in New Hampshire before you come to New Hampshire. Right. Come to New Hampshire, rent a place, yeah. look around, check out all the different places. Check out the North Country, check out Grafton, right. check out Manchester yeah. and Keene and and there's a Sunapee community, there's a a, a Ware community. Yeah. There are all these uh Seacoast. Yep. I yeah, can't was, name them all. Don't the if I with, left you out, don't be mad at me. Yeah, and that was one of the things with like coming out here with the van is that I had time to go to the different communities. Like I knew I wasn't gonna live up north because I hate the wet. 
and the cold and the wet is just too much for me. I don't like it. I enjoy the warm so, and wet. The the cold and wet, not so much. And I, I'm just not ready to disappear <laughs> off into the woods forever. So, <laughs> so yeah, I checked out yeah. Keene. I checked out Manchester. I headed out to the seacoast. You know, look around, see what the place is. Now, I would definitely prefer, given the, the option, to try that out, then go back home. Think about the places that I've seen, the people that I've met, you know, the general vibe of the place. I mean, in your case, you want a rural area anyway. Holy crap, are we full of rural areas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bit of something. Well, for I mean, eventually, eventually I do, you know, for sure. But yeah. I, I do, I don't want to just be isolated you know, yeah, immediately. Absolutely. I want to, I really want to meet people. Yeah, you want to get, get plugged to know, in, you want to meet people. You know? And that's why, like, my yeah. recommendation is landed Manchester, uh, there's the community is just larger there at the moment mm-hmm. because it's a city. Uh, you can meet everybody you need to at the new movers party that happens at the beginning of every month. Uh, that's where you start yeah. to get plugged in. I suggest that one for everyone moving yeah. out here. Just maybe get a six month lease at yeah. a place if you can, or find somebody that'll go month to month. Uh, you know, when you first arrive, and then you can explore and figure out where you want to go from there. That's just my casual suggestion. And, uh, Shag, we do have to take a break, so thank you for the call. We appreciate you. We're going to take about a 10-minute break here, and uh, we will be back with more Beard Talk Live. If you want to call in, it's 603-283-6160. We're going to go to break with uh, a little band that uh, made Wisconsin famous. We'll be back. Peace, pot, and peanut butter.
someone, a person to talk to, someone who cared to love. Could it be you? Could it be you? Situation gets rough, then I start to panic. It's not enough. It's just a habit, a kid, you're sick. Well, darling, this is it. You can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad, but I won't mind. They'll hurt me bad, they do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. They do it all the time. 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 I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. Oh, yeah? Well, don't get so distressed. Did I happen to mention that I'm impressed?
sit around, I listen to your story. If I wasn't in such a hurry, hurry, hurry. I'm so lonely. I don't think I can take it anymore. Just don't know what to do I'm so lonely Feel like I'm gonna crawl and die I'm so lonely Feel like I'm gonna hack it apart I'm so lonely Feel like I'm gonna crawl and die I'm so lonely Feel like I'm gonna hack it apart I'm gonna hack it There's a good reason to be lonely, lonely, lonely. I gotta get something to somebody, something to somebody made me feel less, less, less lonely, lonely, lonely. I know I can do it, I, I know I can do it if, if, if I just wasn't so lonely. Mics are on. Nobody's home. <laughs> Mike, Mike, can you hear me, Mike? No, it's, it is nobody. Nobody is home. Nobody's home. We're just going to do a little. Uh, it is Beard Talk Live. The uh, second half. Second half of Beard Talk Live is now underway. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you want to call, the phone number is 603 283 6160. We're here for about another hour ish, hour and a, hour and a quarter. Till we get sick of it. 603 283 6160. We had a pretty fun first half. Yeah, uh, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that. Talking was... about our, our journeys here to New Hampshire for. Yeah. For the purposes of more freedom. Mm-hmm. With many digressions, I only got yeah. through two two pork fests. You know? <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> and you've been going for, what, uh, 12 years, something? Uh, yeah, I moved down here in 2009. Oh, almost. 19, 20, 20, I'm, I'm actually very close to my anniversary. Like, my anniversary will be February 14th, so it's oh, in less than two weeks. Valentine's Day? Yeah, I moved. I showed up on Valentine's you Day. you love freedom. Because I love freedom. That's and a, I didn't have a girl, so I had nothing to do that day. That's anyway. a great day to have for your, your Freedom Homecoming yeah. anniversary. Well, I remember that's it. True. That's always nice. Although, I, I don't know why they celebrate Valentine's Day, because the whole Valentine thing, like, Valentine was a serial killer, I Saint, think. St. Valentine. Yeah. Right. Which, how he, how he got declared, it, well, I, that's I don't know. That's not how it works, actually. Uh, no. Well. So it came the saint, then the day, then the killer. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Oh, well, and well that makes that, more sense. And the reason that, uh, the, honestly, the real reason they cer- they celebrate Valentine's Day. So the day, killer isn't a saint. No. 
Okay, because that struck me as a severe contradiction, but Christianity has always confused me anyway, the, so I, I just thought those guys were weird, killing. let them Did do the their thing. Did the saint die on the day? <laughs> hmm? Did the saint die on the day? I reckon so. Why is at, it least it's, at least it's day. when they, uh, they recognize Well, there are anyway. saint's days for nearly all, all, of, all of the saints. <laughs> all saint's day. Uh, well, there's All For Saints example. Day, but I remember the first time I I legally got drunk. I was in I was in Mexico City, and I was like 13 years old. But there's no drinking age there, uh, so we're staying at the Ritz Hotel, which is not nearly as ritzy as it sounds there's like a Ritz Hotel? in Mexico City. Wow. But it's what you would expect from a Mexican. I mean, it, it's it's a good hotel for Mexico because you know Mexico City gets business travelers; they don't stay sure. in shitholes. Right. Yeah. Um, and and there are some very rich people in Mexico. Sure. It's just there's a huge and a divide. Lot of Mexico there. City, um, and and especially in in Mexico City, yeah. yeah. So so anyway, I go. Uh, my parents are asleep, and they've gotten two two rooms. So I decide I'm going to go out and get a pack of cigarettes, and uh, and I walk past the bar as I'm as I'm walking back in. I'm like, I don't think there's a drinking age in New Hampshire. <laughs> so I so I went into in, the bar in Mexico, and New yeah, yeah. It, well, uh, yes, yes, in 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 Mexico, Mexico, not New Hampshire. But uh, so so I'm walking by the bar and I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to stop at the bar. And I stopped at the bar and I and I, I got pissed drunk with this <laughs> Mexican <laughs> piano player. And he kept saying, today is my how do you say how do you say not birthday but and i would say saint's day and he would say yes yes saint's day <laughs> and and we went through that exchange like 35 times yeah. but that's what hispanic cultures or some hispanic cultures i haven't i'm not that widely traveled uh celebrate as as we would celebrate a birthday they celebrate uh the day of the saint who shares their name Mm. Um, oh. So, uh, and I think they also celebrate birthdays. I know fifteenth yeah. birthday is a, is an important celebration, especially for oh, girls. Yeah. Uh, but they also celebrate uh, Saints Day, and and that's their uh, in in a lot of cases that's that's considered a more important thing than your birthday. Yeah. Huh. Uh, before we go on, we have some business to take care of, uh, namely the seven words. That's true. Ah, it's true. Shit, Shit piss, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits. Because this show is uncensored and fuck the FCC. And it's tremendously important that we and stretch the these muscles. they rode in on. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't say enough about uh, the importance of freedom of speech, particularly in this day and age. Uh, and you know when it becomes censored, recognizing it and quickly stamping it out. Uh, Not the speech, the censorship. Right. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. There. Sure. Sure. That is what I meant. Uh, because right around it, right around. Yeah. Without the ability to speak freely and uncensored, you don't know where the assholes are. Now, assholes are subjective, mm -hmm. right? To some people, I'm the asshole, right? And because I'm on a program, a, a podcast like Beard Talk Live, um, you know, uh, they know where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as somebody starts saying stuff that people don't like and they got a show, well, then they know where they're at. As soon as you start censoring them, all of that goes underground. Yep. Right? 
and now you don't know where it's at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if businesses run by racists put out no blacks allowed signs, right. A, black people would know, I'm not going to go here. That's not the I'm place to get a job. Right, to the yeah. place next door where they're chill. But right. also people like me are going to see signs and say, these are not my people. These are not the people I want to be around. Right. So I'm going to go next door too because I know where the assholes are. Right. They were of their own expense walking around with signs right on them that say, I'm a gaping dickhole. Yes. Do you know what a service to me that is? Do you know how much time and energy that's going to save me? Yeah. yeah. It, it's, and it, you realize how quickly they're going to fail? I mean, come on. Get over it. And, no, there's only one fucking reason to censor people. It's to control their minds. Oh, yeah. There was a comedian who who talked about homophobia, and he was like, why do they call it homophobia? You're not scared. You're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's all phobia when, like, no, 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 no. The beginning of wisdom mm -hmm. is to use the proper term for things. You're not scared of things that you're phobic of, and that's a complete inversion of the word. No, mm -hmm. you're talking about hate. Yes. And frankly, yeah. we shouldn't get highfalutin with our hate words. Like, we don't need yeah. to call it anti-Semitism. Call it what it is. It's Jew hate. Yeah. Sounds a little bit dumber, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's yeah, it does sound it dumber. It drives the point and, home. And, and it doesn't, you know, uh, but, but yeah, you're, you're, okay, I'm a little stoned. I'm going to let you guys get <laughs> <out>. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the fuck I was going to well, say. It's it's the classic. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Fucking radio stations. There is absolutely no provision in the Constitution for them requiring a license to run a motherfucking radio yeah. station. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The government claims to own the airwaves. Yeah, they claim to own uh, all of the atmosphere, and they also claim to own outer space. I think we've talked about this before. And they claim to own us. Well, they certainly. That's my biggest I, objection. I mean, I would say that they not only claim but uh, objectively prove that they own us. Uh, repeatedly, uh, whether it's uh, in the form of taxation, whether it's in, uh, you know, a bunch of armed goons breaking into the studio that we sit in. Yeah. Uh, well, for the thing is, reasons. though, you cannot own uh, another person. You can pretend you do. You can oppress another person, but you cannot own them because ownership mm. is a right it's a right to exclude others. And you, no matter what you say, you never have the right to own another human being. No, That's but that true. doesn't prevent uh, organizations like governments from owning human beings. But as far as what you would want from your rights, what you want from your right of owning a thing is that you can exclusively operate that thing. Like, you operate it, and you can exclude others from operating it. Right. That's what you would what you would want to see from having a right to do a thing. And they sure as shit do prove that they can, and they do, operate us and exclude others from operating us. And exclude us, us from operating others. us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, it's like I say about, about fascist uh, economies. They say, well, f fascist economies had private property ownership. Well, no the fuck they didn't. Because if you hired a Jew... In Nazi Germany, they would throw you in prison. Well, if they have a right to exclude that person from your property, and you don't have a right to exclude them from your property, then they own your property. You don't. Right.
Yeah, and governments obviously uh, treat you as property. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, so in fascism, they had what they call nominal private ownership. Yeah. And yeah. I know quite a bit about nominal private ownership because they, they have it in my, in my current existence. Like, mm. they say, oh, well, the, you own that house. You own that car. No, you, you don't. You rent it from the government. your body and your time. No, you... Yeah, you don't own any of these things. Yeah. You have nominal ownership, but when it comes right down to it, there is a group of people, first-class citizens, and they get to tell you what to do with your property. They get mm -hmm. to tell you, you can't do this, you must do that. They are the lords, they, we are the serfs. Yeah, they have the ownership. Mm -hmm. Now, it's in your name, you have that, no, that's what nominal from the name, mm -hmm. it's in your name, but you don't own it. Yeah. And that's fascism. That's what we have here. We yeah. have corporate fascism. Yeah. Now, it's corporate fascism that almost looks like like communism in that the government has the means of production and distribution of everything in the society. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they like to Plus put a nice... Plus all which is produced or distributed. Yeah. <laughs> but they like to put a nice veneer of capitalism on that. That way they can blame yeah. the free market when things go terribly, because they do. And inevitably the they time. do, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Mussolini said uh, that uh, fascism would be more properly termed corporatism. Mm. And his reason for this, he says, is that fascism at its root is a merger of state and corporate power. Yep. Well, that's exactly what we've got. Sure is. And the fact of the matter is that Adolf Hitler's fascism could have worked just as well in the opposite direction, which is what you basically have now. So instead of the majority uh, oppressing the minority, you have the minority with a, a chunk of allies oppressing mm -hmm. the majority that doesn't want to be the allies. It's the um, same thing. It's just... Yeah, it's, well, that's the point of, of intersectionalism is if you can gather all of the minorities together, mm -hmm. they can combine and become a majority and then oppress the new minority. Right. Um, and and it's, it's an... Un, I mean, and I know that because that's what I thought when I was 18, when I was 16, uh, because that's kind of... You know, I, I looked at the world through that lens, you well, know. Well, and there is some truth to that. So, like, the idea yeah. of, like, even because going back democracy to... democracy is literally the theory that the majority can do whatever the fuck they want to the minority. Yep. Yeah. Well, but I mean truth in the sense of, like, there is an actual nugget of goodness in that idea. So, like, when you have a tyrant, the way to get rid of them is you have to bind together. Like, even right down to a, a bunch of chimps, if you have the biggest, strongest chimp and they're an asshole, the only way that you're going to get to, the, like, get rid of this asshole who doesn't help anybody, takes everyone's food and just punches people, well, you know, to them people, is the next two or three biggest chimps are going to have to gang up on him. Mm -hmm. Now, chimps being what they are, they will literally tear him apart and eat him. But, oh, uh, yeah, chimp will rip your arm off and beat you to death. The idea is the same, that, like, look, if you have a tyrant, the only way you're going to get rid of it, you have to band together. Mm -hmm. But if you take that another step and become the tyrant, well, then you right. get the system that they can control and turn against all of us.
Mm-hmm. When you get them so whipped up that, oh, you've been oppressing me for so long, I want to get at you. Yeah. And you start becoming the tyrant again. And and you slip into the fundamental racist error of looking at groups instead of looking at individuals. Right, exactly. And, you know, you'll have people say this on your to Twitter, well, you, you enslaved us for 400 years. And I'm like, dude, I'm barely over 50. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've never enslaved anybody, at least not voluntarily. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's one of my one of the things that irks me about this language is we haven't accepted y'all into it, and we yeah. and we got rid of the. And look, we, oh, we no, actually I, I use y'all all the time. I've incorporated. I, I use y'all. I think Super it's important. the proper uh, second person plural. I, I even in go English. further, and I'd love to use all y'all. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's gilding the lily, but it works. Are, are y'all we need, we going need to the festival, or yeah. are all y'all going to the festival? <laughs> okay, that actually makes sense yeah. because so that would still I would be take the latter as meaning is every single one of you going to the festival, or right. are so where the first one is are any of you going to the festival? Right, it's a subset of uh, of all y'all. Y'all is a subset of all y'all. Right, so are y'all going, or are mm-hmm. all y'all going? Right. See, I tend to go the other way, and when I don't mean that, I'll say, are any of y'all going? Right. Oh, yeah, Which yeah, is the yeah. same sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. But yeah, if this gets incorporated into the language, then we can make a difference between you, the group, did this to me, and you, the individual, did this to me. Because you, the group, did mm-hmm. to this to me is bullshit. Like, you would do this. It's like, what makes you think that? Well, I know that this person did this, and this person did this, and this person did this. And it's like, I'm not any of those people. But you're in that group, so you would do that. It's like, no, no, I'm a whole different being with different choices, different values and beliefs Yeah. than any of these people in my category that have pissed you off so much that you want to oppress me. I mean, John Brown was a white guy, okay, and he was down whacking slave owners because he thought that was a cool thing to do. I don't disagree with him. Yeah. You know, I like to think that if I had lived during those times, I would have been hung with John Brown instead of, uh, you know, or or at least been on his side. I mean, getting hung isn't necessarily now, my thing. Now, it is worth... It is worth pointing out that that isn't what worked, though. Um. Well, no, what worked? I got no problem was, with it, but it didn't work. It it didn't work. Well, but it, you know, if I mean, like, if we had let's let's take a let's take a counter counterfactual example. Right. My prediction is that if they had told Lincoln, "We're leaving." And Lincoln had said, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, you know, they would have been left. They had a crippled economy, mm-hmm. which is why they left, lost the Civil War in the first place, because we look at the South now and it looks small, but the country was only like mostly the eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they they didn't have the industrial capacity that the North had. Well, why not? Because they had slavery. Mm -hmm. Because slavery is retarded. Mm -hmm. And it retards 
it retarded the growth, the industrial growth in the South. And so yeah. all that shit happened in, in the North. Yeah, it retards and then, technological development. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it makes labor cheaper than it should be. It's also really mm-hmm. shitty for people who are poor but not slaves because when they're trying to find a job, they're competing with literal slaves. Right. And then you get slave wages. Well, um, and so this is one of the things. So uh, a lot of people have been talking on uh, Free Talk Live, especially when Ari has been on about uh, uh, religion, and that's that's been coming up a lot. And, and that's one of those things where, like, there is... A, a, a written into the fabric of reality, there is this set of principles where if you do these evil things, it will get in your way, it will harm you, it will screw up your life for generations on generations. Now, frequently it takes a really long time for these choices to, to uh, snowball to the point that you can really see the change, but once you do, holy fuck. Like, yeah. what, what happened in the last, oh, between 1860-ish when we got rid of all this and now? Oh, well, we connected the entire world, uh, more or less ended uh, starvation throughout the globe. Not um, throughout the globe, throughout most of the globe. Everywhere where there's not a man with a gun making it happen, we solved that problem. Now, sure, governments are still getting in the way of it, starving their people because it profits them to do so, both uh, politically and monetarily. So, yeah, we haven't completely solved that one except for that. Well, the the problem that hasn't been solved is, is the distribution problem, right? So there's enough food on planet Earth to feed everybody. But you're right. Uh, things get in the way of the distribution of said food, uh, i.e. governments and politics and red tape and all that kind of shit, preventing the food from reaching all of the hungry motherfuckers on the planet. Right. And so if it were not for the men with guns, these these government people uh, around the world, then yes, starvation would indeed be solved. I, d- I don't entirely this- agree just because food spoils. Um, and you hmm. can't always you get seen it the research on it, man. economically. I, I know that we physically produce enough stuff on Earth and deliver to it. feed uh, and deliver it, man. Uh, look into uh, Pinker's work. Uh, the, there's a there's a handful of uh, of intellectuals well, that have. If been... everything we 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 produced was being delivered, and people weren't getting enough food then unless you can prevent fat people from eating, uh, there's no way to get... to get. Uh, if everything we produce was getting eaten, we would not be able to... Uh, uh, we would not be able to give anybody more food without producing more food. As You've it is... You've completely lost me. I'm sorry. We got a little too circuitous here. Say okay. it again. If everything we produced mm-hmm. was being consumed by somebody, mm-hmm. then in order... To be able to have some group of people consume more, yeah. there's only two choices. We certainly right. so, some so other more, group no, would have actually, to consume so, no, no. less. So we're 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 con- we're producing far more than we consume. Yeah, some right. of it go, uh, a whole chunk of it goes to waste. Right. My point right. is that we are producing and delivering sufficient to everyone's needs. However, there are these violent groups, almost mm-hmm. exclusively unopposed that get in the way of some of the people actually getting this food. Yeah, and there's there's just 
the laws of economics are, are similar to the to the laws of physics in some way. Yeah, my, hold in on, some hold ways. on. My, my point and, back on page three, though, is that this only happened because we got rid of slavery. Like what only happened? The fact that we have prosperity. more or less, yes, the okay. prosperity to the point where we have more or less eliminated hunger throughout the globe. Right, and the bigger mm-hmm. point is freedom equals more prosperity uh, almost every time. I can't think of a time in history where, like, more freedom didn't equal prosperity for humankind. Right. Can you? No. Right. And one of the things, so uh, in Exodus especially, you see this. That Now, first off, I will point out. The in, metal band from yes, California? It, it, well, no. <laughs> uh, like, the Ten Commandments that they argue about whether or not to put on court lawns and shit, right? Yeah. So, for one thing, they keep fucking them up. The first commandment actually starts with God telling you who it is. I am the Lord thy God who brought you out of Egypt, which is their word for the land of slavery. And then just to clarify, in case you didn't catch it the first time, out of bondage. That's how you know what good is. Not the good kind of bondage, the other kind. Yeah, exactly. Not the voluntary kind. The <laughs> involuntary. That's the why involuntary. they clarified it. In Egypt, when you were not choosing to be bonded. So... Yeah. That's the principle right there. It's what is it that brings us out of slavery? That is the highest good. Yeah. Well, and and capitalism uh, in its pure form, not this sort of like like they they try to abuse the word. And by they, I mean politicians, obviously. They try to abuse the word and make it into something that's not. Uh, Capitalism or free markets uh, for the first time uh, allows human beings to – gather wealth to whatever their satisfaction is, not by bludgeoning other people, but by serving other people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, indeed, is what has brought about this prosperity, the ability for people to trade freely, right? Mm-hmm. More yeah. freedom for the individual equals more prosperity because the more trades that happen, the more prosperity there is for everybody. Yeah. And, and that's what the fucking uh, the rest of the world doesn't see the great sin in economics is always to trade something for nothing you know for example what do you mean the great sin is to trade something for um, example the error in economics is always to trade something for nothing for example when the Federal Reserve prints money, mm. you know, nothing is traded for that yeah, money. Right. It's just a claim on other people's wealth mm-hmm. that is created out of the whole cloth, you know. And, and in effect, that means they're stealing the money out of your bank account, not by reducing the balance of your bank account, but by reducing the value okay, but- of the balance of your mm-hmm your bank account. So that's something for nothing. Yeah. Taxation is something for nothing. What about uh, the free samples in the grocery store? Um, oh, that's No, no, no. You are actually trading something. You're trading access to yourself. So by sampling it, and mm-hmm. it, it's like advertising. Yeah, it like, is advertising. Yeah, I mean, like right. when, we, when we have advertising, we're like, hey, I've got an audience, and you deliver access to them to your advertisers. Now, with the, the free sample... It's the trade-off of they give you, here's, you know, the nourishment and experience of tasting this, but you might really, really like it. 
Yeah. So you're giving them access. That might become a whole part of your personality. That, ooh, these are amazing, and you always have those on there. They might have you hooked for life, man, mm-hmm. because they're delicious. That's that's a trade-off. There's no something for nothing. Okay, where yeah. else is it an example of uh, trading something for nothing? Um, Well, robbery theft. of every kind, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, but that's not because really trading, uh, right? extortion. But yeah. but it's uh, but but it's a one sided trade. Yes, because you're trading uh, arguably your ability to live through whatever extortion mm. right attempt is being made upon you. Right, you're trading that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It, it, Ooh, th- what one. what they say specifically is in return for your wealth. We will refrain from doing right, something, yeah. not we will do something. Right. Just like the government says uh, in taxation, if if you pay your taxes, we will refrain from putting you in prison. We will refrain from enslaving you, yeah. and we will ins- refrain from murdering you. Right. Of course, they renege on even that b- deal yeah. on a regular basis, yeah. but that's what it's supposed to be. But, you know, just ask the Indians about how, how it goes yeah. when you make a deal with the federal government mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking about that when is there a something for nothing in this and it's like okay well waste all kinds of waste because i thought for a second well what about uh you mean like what about, sewage or like no, no no i mean waste of resources because i thought for a second well what about charities i mean they're not giving you anything it's like yes they are they give you pleasure right i mean they're they're helping solve a problem that's really valuable to you and then i thought even further and i thought well wait a second if you look at the charities that exist now because of the interference of government and not actually having a market for these uh, these services, they they're tremendously wasteful. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as wasteful as the government by any stretch. Sure, yeah. But so if you if you want to give properly, there's got to be a market for your charity so that you are getting something for what you're giving. Right. Yeah. So anytime where like I mean, if you bet on a project that falls through. That's something for nothing. You know, you gave all of this, all, all of these resources, and it all went to went to shit. Yeah, you got you get nothing out of that. In the words of the prophet Robert Robert Heinlein, Tanstaffel, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, Tanstaffel, T A N S T A A F L. I see, it's an acronym. I got yeah. you. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, that is that is. The one uh, acronym that I will keep using. It's a nice one. <laughs> I, as you know, I appreciate that type of thing. So mm-hmm. it's right up my alley. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I think that's our word for uh, for this episode. That's our vocabulary thing, but, word. Yeah. Tons <laughs> Nice. Well done. Well done. Yes. <sighs> yeah, and the, and and that's the thing. the The magic of the market only works if you're both getting valuable. Like if they're receiving value and you're receiving value is when the magic of it happens because. I mean, your your physical resources haven't changed. Uh, the energy and the time and the, the the things that you have hasn't changed. And yet, both of you are wealthier because of your different abilities. Yeah. So they've given you something that your abilities can latch onto and build into something, and you've given something that their abilities can latch onto and build into something. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, you have to keep that going for this prosperity thing to keep building yeah the idea and and it's such a simple idea and rarely do i hear people outside of our you know little freedom community talk about things like this uh the 
ability to trade your skills and talents to progress in your life and make your life better and easier is amazing. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. And very little people or very few people spend any amount of time just contemplating that for a second. Just taking and going, uh, this whole thing works by uh, everybody trading their skills and talents for other people's skills and talents. That's what yeah. makes it all go around. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right when it when you say magic you're not fucking lying it is the magic of the market yeah we are exchanging completely abstract things yeah ha- and and what are we doing with it well we're transforming our reality by exchanging these abstracts yeah. and, and the and entire market at the same time is working as an AI because basically right. by the prices that you're willing to pay for things and that's the only honest measure. Of how much you really value them. Yeah. You know, if you say you care about the homeless, but you're not donating anything right. to help them, you don't care about right. the homeless. You're a liar. Right. Okay. Yeah, true. Um and and the and the same goes doubly, you know, it's worse if you're pushing for a law. In which case, you still don't really care about the homeless, but you're pretending to by by making somebody else who doesn't care pay for what you claim to care about, but clearly don't. Yeah, you make a great point. There are far too many people on planet Earth walking around saying that they care about this, that, or the other, and and you go, well, what are you doing? Oh, we have government for that. Well, then you don't really fucking care. Mm. And that's and those are faulty nodes. Like you were talking about, uh, the the way that it works in this market is like an AI. It's that like network a neural effect. net specifically. Yeah, exactly, a neural net. Well, the network effect only works if you have functioning nodes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, you if you actually care about homelessness as a problem, I mean, honestly, let's look at it. Like, human beings will care the best and the most about their own people having troubles. Right. So the best and most effective way for you to help the homelessness problem is to know your community and be like, that individual right there, I care about that person. Right. And they're having a hell of a time. Yep. So let's let's help get them. that person what they need. Like, who, do they need mentorship? Right. Do yeah. they need just like a, a, a quick little boost here or there? Do they need like, education? Right. Can they develop new skills? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Do they Which, need lunch? Yeah. Yeah. Which thing do they actually need? And and then get that to them. That's yeah. the way to do that. And that And that ability to like, oh, well, I don't have the skill of that, but I can see it. I have the skill to see that that's what needs to happen. And I don't know how to find it, but I'll tell people. I'll tell people, yeah, you know, I think that person would benefit from that. Right. And then that's going to get over to this person and like they don't have the skill to see that. Yeah. But they're really good at, at, well, I can talk to this person, this person, this person about it. And then you find the person who actually has the thing that you're looking for. They get connected to the person who needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Louis C.K. made a, made a really neat because there's so much envy that that in, in in the whole socialist mindset, and and so I was surprised to hear this from Louis C.K. But I think it might have been in a movie. I don't know where it comes to. But he's with a couple of kids, and he's like giving them ice cream or something, mm-hmm. and w- one of them looks at her looks at her brother's bowl and says, "Well, why'd he get more? That's not fair." And and I think it was a bigger boy, but anyway, the the uh, the character who's playing, I assume, her father, uh, says, "Well, you know, life isn't fair, and you should never look look at your neighbor's bowl 
except to see if they have enough. You should never look to see if they have more than you do. Right. You know? That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's a great illustration. Well, and that's, mm. do you look with the eyes of love or the eyes of jealousy? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And love, again, in the words of the of the prophet, Robert Heinlein, love is that state where the well-being of another becomes essential to your own. You're not well unless they are well. That's when you love a person. Well, how do you make yourself happy when when you love somebody? You make them happy. Because you have to. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I've spoke about this before, but helping... And I'm nobody, and I want to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to be happy. Uh... uh I've spoke about this before, and that is helping others improves your life. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, right? I I can't tell you by by what magic this occurs, but that's the only (laughs) way. The most common way is give them a job (laughs) or teach them to do a job. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. Like, you know, I've been looking, uh, and and I've got at least one, one potential, you know, I need I need help at self four one one. So I want to find somebody who wants to learn to code but can't because the people who can code, they're all busy. Right. Okay. But yeah. there are people out there not doing anything who might or are working in a gas station that, you know, I I can say, look, I need things done like the web page fixed that I don't have fucking time or energy to do because I'm writing code that you can't write. Right. Okay. So uh, you know, I will direct you to the resources that will tell you how to fix these things, and I'll answer your questions, and I'll and I'll and I'll help you out. And when your code doesn't work, I'll look at it, and I'll sh- and I'll help you not only learn how to fix it, but more importantly, how to figure out how to fix it. Because frankly, in my professional life. Like I've had like five jobs where it's been they wanted me to to write some code in a, com- a particular language to interact with something I didn't know that language. Yeah. What did I do? I I fucking learned enough of it to do the job. Right. You know. So that's what you need to know is not the languages, but how to learn the languages. Right. Yeah. And then each time each time you learn one, it's like. Oh, that's a for loop. That's like C and 90% of other languages. Or that's a this and that's like small talk or, or whatever. Yeah. But but you learn to learn languages and you use that aggregate of information uh, to make it easier to continue. I got way off track. I'm that's still right. pretty even, high. Even doing um, something as simple <laughs> as uh, as volunteering, you know, yeah. uh, you know, work a soup kitchen on the holiday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. will vastly improve your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't yeah. know how that's possible, but it will. It does yeah. every fucking time. Mm-hmm. If you Another- selflessly give mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, uh, your charity yeah. from your heart without yeah. expecting anything in return, for whatever reason, called karma, mm-hmm. call it uh, call it religion. I, I don't call know. It God. Well, but so some the people idea, do. But there's but there's, 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 there's a set of principles. Mm-hmm. There's a set of principles that reinforces this this thing that is shared by the ideas of life and freedom. Right. Yeah. Like there there's this thing that that it has a whole set of principles that either rewards or fails to reward your actions mm-hmm. with life and freedom. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's another alternative to, to volunteering that I think is frequently superior. It's like when I see somebody who makes $150 an hour volunteering in a soup kitchen, I think that's a waste because he could go to work for one hour. Right. Okay. And he could pay 20 people. $7.50 each to go work in that soup kitchen and do the same thing that he would do. Sure. Or he can pay one guy to go 20 hours. So for two hours of his time, he can staff that soup kitchen with one guy for five days. Okay, so that to me is is better. If you're making a good a good living, mm -hmm. it's probably more effective. Another example of that is the Robin Hood uh, in in yeah, New Hampshire, yeah, yeah. where people wanted activism done. People wanted somebody to go around and put a nickel in everybody's meter when it ran out, so the state couldn't fuck them out of five dollars. Right. Okay. Well. We also had a bunch of people who had moved here, a lot of them young idealistic kids who didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. So it's like, okay, great. There's there's a donor, um, and I don't know if it's public who this was, so I won't say, but we have a donor who wants to support uh, Keen uh, activism. Mm -hmm. And so he gave somebody here a pot of money, and that person... Paid, paid us like $10 an hour or something. And, you know, I worked for them when I, especially when I first got out of jail. Yeah. That's actually what brought me back to Keene is I know that I've got a job with Robin Hood. And I had this girl that I would, oh God, I was crazy in love with her. But <laughs> she wasn't crazy in love with me. I was just crazy in love with her. But she, she would sleep with me once in a while. So that was nice. Uh, but the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you digress. I, but I digress. <laughs> Your Majesty and Lady to expostulate what beauty is, what majesty should be, why day is day, night, night, and time, time, for nothing but to waste day, night, and time. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness nearly, merely limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. I feel like when does that happen? I, I feel like Rarely. I feel like it's it's almost time for nobody to coin a coin. Don't you usually coin a coin every episode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, I okay. I will. I will do this. I this is a coin. Um, it's designed to be an educational, okay, and a and an economic vehicle. Um, and it it's called Karma Coin. Okay, and the basic idea of it is if you see somebody who's doing something, wait, wait, edgenomical. 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 Okay. Right. Portmanteau of the so day. So basically, if you see somebody doing something that you appreciate who isn't getting paid mm -hmm. for doing that thing, then pass this uh, on to them. Yeah. Uh, now, this can be done with, with really any coin. Uh, but, and, and the other thing that I would, uh, that I would suggest for uh, Karma Coin is have a uh, have have a couple of uh, of rules. The first thing is uh, the holders are able to vote to close a wallet if you get like ninety percent uh, consensus. And there are certain times 
when they have agreed to do this. For example, if the government seizes your wallet and puts it up for auction like they did the ones from the uh, from I want to say the Pirate Bay, but that's not the Silk Road. Silk Road. Yeah. Mm. Well, at that point, you you need to get 90 percent consensus among the holders based on based on proof of stake. Right. And then you close that wallet. Oh, that's interesting. And transfer the value into a new wallet and return it to the person from whom it was stolen. Now, that makes this a trust-based coin, Mm. which is very different. We put a lot of emphasis on being... Trustless. But sometimes trust is valuable. Sometimes your reputation for honesty and and the way you the other thing that you do is is the rule is I will not trade karma coin with anybody that I do not both like and respect. The the interesting thing that I just thought of in regards to this is uh currently cryptocurrency is either proof of stake or proof of work. Most yes. cryptocurrencies, but yours would be proof of trust or pot. Uh, oh, I like it. I like it. Too bad Potcoin is already taken yeah, as a still, name. But still, but yeah, P-O-T, it's proof of trust. Yeah, yeah, and and so and and then the other thing is, uh, I would. Uh, this is actually a coin that I intend to actually issue one day if I can generate enough trust in it, yeah. and it will be. Base, it will be issued by my church and because karma is spiritual energy. Yes. Okay. And the thing about spiritual energy, can't tax it because of the first fucking amendment. Nice. You can't tax my spirit. You can't tax my love. Oh, they'll find a way. Well, Fuck them. They'll try. I'll, I'll sue they them bitches. Patience, sue them bitches shit. down to the skivvies. <laughs> and it, if they want 10% of my karma coin, great. I'll send them 10% of my karma coin. And then <laughs> I will complain that it's been stolen and that and it will turn to dust in their motherfucking hands. I like that. Reminds <laughs> me of the, uh, reminds me of the uh, fairy gold. Would always turn to leaves when they left. Oh, it is amazing Look, to me. Son, that's a ferry boat. I didn't know they had a navy. It is amazing <laughs> to me how much of the solution to statism is right in front of us, right in front of humanity, right, and and all humanity needs to do is just make a little bit of an effort, right, to use cryptocurrency, gold, silver, gold backs, whatever, mm-hmm. right. Instead of fiat currency. That's yeah. all humanity has to do. Yeah. That's it. You need to learn a new but app. But the thing is, we <laughs> can't do that by selling Lamborghinis, hookers, and blow, okay? And and, and to the moon. And, no, and that's the wrong. And all this crypto bro no, shit. Yeah, if you're into cryptocurrency for those reasons, you're in it for the wrong no, reasons. It's supposed to be about banking the poor. Right. And that's why BTC, for example, is crap. Because you see $50 fees on on sure. bitcoin yeah, transactions yeah, yeah. when yeah. the block blockchain is but, but, okay. let's, but let's, you can't let's, do let's up, that if above, you live in africa let's get up oh, above oh, our opinions okay. of individual cryptocurrencies and just talk about the fact that if everybody wanted to no longer pay taxes all they would need to do is transact in cryptocurrency well the yeah. the thing is right now Cryptocurrency is taxable like anything else. There are no, no but, spiritual yeah, and coins that's, and that's out the thing. there. What I'm saying is that the enforcement of it. People are gonna uh, mm. people that actually get aware of this stuff. They're gonna pick the the one that they like. 
okay? I actually like BTC. I think it's wonderful. I think that the thing to do is actually to set up side networks like the Lightning Chain, and I think that's a great idea. But you don't have to like that. Mm -hmm. Now, I have my issues with Monero. I love to use it, but I don't like to hold on to it. I'm the same but way hey, with Monero. But hey, I mean, whatever. If that's what floats your boat, great. Use it. But just everyone's going to pick the thing that they like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love some Bitcoin cash. I, mm. I really hope that that one takes off. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I think that there's at least a lot of useful knowledge that we can gain from there. But look, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you go, okay, I'm going to use this thing that does not translate into Satan's numbers, right. which is what dollars has become. You, you, and that is the thing that they can tax. Yeah. And look, if they don't ever know how many dollars this, you know, 0 0.07 Monero is, then they don't, like, they, they're not going to let you pay them in Monero ever mm -hmm. or whatever coin it is. Right. They'll never let you pay them in coin. The common so if you folk. Never, if you never have a, an assignable dollar value to it, then they just literally don't even know what to tax you. The common yeah. folk. Oh, which was actually, that does remind me, there was one other rule for karma coin. There's no way to enforce this rule, but you do put it in the terms of service. Be, uh, please don't trade this for dollars, ever, right. under yeah. any circumstances. Right. There must be no market price mm. for this coin. And if you find out that someone is trading it for dollars, you get that 90% to say, okay, this wallet needs to go somewhere else. You you could do that. I I would hesitate to do that, but but that's down in the weeds. Let's, so uh, yeah. so l listen. The the common folk, right? D this is way too heady for most people, right? Yeah. What they need to know is there's an app you can download, and you can start accepting cryptocurrency of any variety, any title, any three letter acronym, right? For the things you do, and all you need to do is get started. Well, and at this point, and so many people aren't getting started. It, it's 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 a way to transact that doesn't involve banks, doesn't involve governments, doesn't involve uh, enforced taxation. The common folk hear this thing like like you, you talk about, well, they can tax crypto. Well, they can say they're going to tax cryptocurrency, but they can't really enforce that. There's no enforcement mecha mechanism on cryptocurrency unless you're dealing with exchanges. But mm -hmm. you bypass the exchanges, deal with everybody on an individual basis, mm -hmm. right? POS systems already work with uh, acceptance of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. There needs to be more, of course, but that shit already exists, mm -hmm. right? It's Piece adoption. Shit systems? How how the fuck? Oh, point of sale. Adoption. Yes. Ad yeah, POS. This is why. Point of this sale. is why. This is why acronyms are dangerous, man. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> How do we encourage adoption? Well, honestly, at this point, you don't even have to just download an app to do this. Like, it's in an app that a bunch of people already have. Like, uh, uh, I think it was Cash App. It was one of those just common yeah, I think apps. You're right. uh, yeah, they, well, both Cash App and PayPal, and, Pay and PayPal owns Venmo, both of them sell Bitcoin. Well, there you go. Like, they're building this Bitcoin. into the apps that people are already using. So it's even easier than that. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. there already exists uh, crypto debit cards and that kind of thing. It's just that the mentality seems to be hold, right, instead of spend, right? And I get that, right? I get that, like, you you see this as an investment, but that's the wrong mentality for most people to have. So mm -hmm. how do we promote adoption as a currency? 
Yeah, Honestly, because the thing whoa, that they whoa, get on, wrong. So, so uh, for it as a currency as opposed to an investment, that is just going to happen naturally over time. So here's... Uh, so we just got to well, wait? On. Yeah, basically. Well, if you have all so, your well, money in Bitcoin, what else are you going to spend? Well, so if you look at the volatility of the thing, so every cycle it goes up, and if you put it logarithmically, it doesn't go up quite as high, and then it doesn't vary quite as much. But it keeps going through these very predictable four-year cycles, and it'll go up, uh, looking at it logarithmically, it doesn't move quite as high, but it also doesn't move quite as much. So it, it just keeps going through this cycle, and it's becoming less and less and less and less volatile. So as it's moving into less volatility, then it comes closer to priceability with the things that people are spending it on. I mean, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's one of those, like, you will be rewarded for your boldness if you go now. Learn Fortune about this thing. the brave. Yeah, I mean, like, right now... $400 will make you a millionaire in tomorrow's world. That's where we're at now. But you have to be if brave If you pick enough. the right coin. Well, I mean... Sure, there's a bit of that to it. There's there's a bit of that, but like it's not that hard. Even if you just pick the, the big famous one, you'll be able to move it out of there by the time something else is, be is becoming more important. Hmm. So... But it's you have to be bold enough to do that, to learn how this thing works while it's still being developed uh, for ease of access. True. Or you can wait, and it will become less and less volatile, and then it'll be easier for people to hold on to it for use I, instead of holding on to I it keep, for savings. I keep having this feeling that it's it's generational, right? I keep having this feeling that that, you know, I'm 50, Right. So I keep having this feeling that I'm not really going to see adoption until I'm 70. Right. And I mean, like full on adoption where almost everywhere you go, you can spend and it'll take and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I say that because I, I just envision people, even my age, uh, at age 70 going, I never understood that Bitcoin thing anyway. Like like people with old people with email. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I never understood that email. That's just way too techie for me. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to have people, you know, that are my age going to be saying, mm -hmm. I never understood that. Bitcoin and every crap. generation will have something in that category. And, well, and I just feel like, and I don't, I don't want it to be this way. I want the current generation, the old people, you know, if you're 50, 60 years old, I want you people to enjoy and reap the rewards of using a currency that does not promote war, a currency that does not promote violence in any way, shape, or form, a currency that is not based on coercion, right? The ability to yeah. transact with people in an honest way that doesn't involve somebody mm -hmm. else taking a part of it, keeping a big chunk of it for themselves, and using it for shit that you never agreed to. Well, yeah. I hate to tell you, Captain, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that's not 100% true because practically nothing is that isn't categorical. But, like, when you're older, it's harder to learn new things. It's harder to have that plastic neurosystem that can wrap itself around all these new ideas I know, I know. and yeah. change and move. Like, literally, I'm, I'm convinced that's why you die is because at a certain point, your body stops being able to sufficiently adapt 
That's it. Now, there's reasons for this, and, you know, things get, like, harder to move around, so it's harder to to adapt that. But the point is, you come to a point where you just can't adapt, and then you die. And the things older fall you apart, are, the center the, cannot hold. Yeah, the closer you are <laughs> to having greater and greater difficulty adapting to newer and newer things. And one thing to take into mind is that, like, this shit is accelerating its accelerations. I mean, how many different things do we have going on that would be a movie of their own? Oh, We've got yeah. the questionable programmability of the, the new R mRNA shots. We've got AI developing. We've got, you know, potential nuclear war. We've got the Bitcoin thing going. We've got space travel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And and companies are now launching billionaires into space. I forgot yeah. because so much shit is happening. Yeah. So and like, fuck Bill Gates. Yeah. Well. But that's the thing. So that uh, it's going to be really hard for most of those people to experience the prosperity that is available, and that sucks. Yeah. But I mean. They're also choosing not to stop watching CNN. Like, I can't even so, tell you. We were talking earlier. They have stopped, stopped watching CNN, except for the geriatric community. Well, we, I mean, people are... are run, Joe Rogan mm. has, has a bigger market share than, like, CNN, MSNBC, and dream. Fox yeah. News combined. Yeah. I don't know about combined, but he certainly has a larger impact than uh, any other uh, person media personality. There, yeah. there are multiple podcasts of talking about Joe Rogan's I podcast. Know. Like if you want to, that's a cottage industry. I would not be surprised yeah. if there is a podcast where they talk about the podcasts that talk, <laughs> talk about, about Joe yeah. Rogan's podcast. That would not surprise me at this point. So I can't even tell you, having worked in uh, technology, right, either tech support or software, QA or whatever it is, um, or telephony for that matter, uh, how many people, when I was first getting into cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, because it was the only thing that was that existed, uh, when I was first getting into it, I told so many people about it. And you know me, I'm kind of evangelical when it comes to, I'm like, have you heard of this new thing? And like, you know, I put on a pretty good pitch. People seem to believe what I fucking say. And so I told so many people and like, I think two people listened, right? I, I count two people that actually went and got some Bitcoin, like when I was getting my first uh, Bitcoin. I didn't get very much either, right? And I kick myself now, like, why, oh, why did I not <laughs> for, forego that one more bag of weed or that one more, you know, case of beer? Why didn't I not spend, you know, why didn't I not go out for dinner on Friday night and instead buy more Bitcoin? But whatever, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm saying is that no matter how good your pitch is, how good your product is, right, uh, how good, uh, how beneficial it can be to humankind. If humans don't fucking listen and take it to heart and take action, nothing will change. I'm talking about people that are smarter than me, right? And I'm not even that smart, but like working in technology, well, you work with people who are smarter than you. It's just a, a, a thing that happens on the job. You work with people who are fucking smarter than you. And so people would hear that, yeah, it sounds great. And then like over time, you'd be like, hey, did you end up? No, I never did. Yeah. Did you get any? No, I sure didn't. And I've had people come back to me. God, you know what? When you were talking about Bitcoin back in, you know, 2010, 2013, whatever it was, you know, I, I really should have got some then. Yeah, it's too late for me now. Yeah. No, it isn't. 
It's See, still there. The like, best. Oh, nope, it's over. Guys, look at it. It did this, and then it did this, and then it did this. It's the same thing. Yeah. This. The best strategy that I could have adopted in 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 terms of cryptocurrency uh, would would have been to buy one dollar's worth of every coin that I learned about yep. as soon as I learned about right. it and just hold it. You know, if I had done that, I would anymore. be a millionaire. Mm, won't work anymore. Why not? There's too many coins. You don't have that many dollars. There's like 8,000. Well, I don't, but I'm poor as a church mouth. The feds just stole no, everything I own. There's hundreds of thousands oh, of coins. Oh, speaking of which, uh, tips.freetalklive.com is a place you can go and tip the host. Oh, we thanks. don't get a cut of the amps, uh, amp stuff. But and if, uh, but the stuff that comes in as tips during during our show does go to us. So tips.freetalklive.com. Is that tips.lrn.fm? It might be tips.lrn.fm. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, if only there was like a guy who would know this stuff who could like host this program. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and and usually I've done the help. late night shows with uh, with Ian, so I would just <laughs> say it wrong, and then he'd correct <laughs> me, and people would know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, but, but you say that if you don't change things, then you don't, then nothing changes. I fucking wish, man. So the the people who have chosen not to take your advice on on cryptocurrency are headed headlong towards central bank digital currencies. Yeah, and I'd like to uh, prognosticate and prophesy for just a second here. Twenty thirty three, they're gonna make it illegal to do crypto. And if you haven't figured out how to do it by then, good luck. What makes you think in 2033? Because it's when they, 1933 is when they took away gold as a form of currency. It was 1913. Uh, No, 1913 is when they they got the Federal Reserve. Yeah, no, no, no. Federal Reserve caused the Great Depression, and the Great Depression caused the New Deal, which I call the Raw Deal. And in they removed the gold standard from Mm -hmm. the currency, right? Okay. I'll be back. So- I'll be Beethoven. That is that is my best guess. Is that since I mean it's it's exactly as you said. It's going to take twenty years to see full adoption of this thing. Yeah, global. So that that line between now and uh, twenty forty three is, I mean, that's going to be where it goes through the the maximum growth, and that's where they're going to pull out any stops that they had on trying to fight this thing. Because, like, right now, if they came out and made it illegal in the U.S., number one, they'd look like China, and they hate doing that because it kind of gives away the game. <laughs> Although they are using China as a template. True. But they hate looking like China because it kind of gives away the game. And number two, they would they would solidify everything, and we'd win immediately. Because that's the thing. Okay, now that you've made it completely illegal in the U.S., now we know what the rules are. Like, as weird as it is, that is regulatory clarity, and that's the one thing they can't give us. They need to keep us in a state of uncertainty so that we don't know where we can and cannot step. Because what that would do, it would just drive the entire crypto business to the rest of the world. So countries around the world would would start setting up crypto-friendly cities. Are you familiar with the term social engineering? Mm -hmm. So for our listeners who don't know, this is... uh, uh, some people call it hacking. It's not really hacking. It is kind of, it's hacking human beings. It's mm. not hacking technology. So if somebody wants your 
uh, username and password to like your bank account, for example. Uh, they're 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 nefarious people. They're out to get your money. They're out to steal from you. Uh, they figure out some way to find out the answers to like your security questions, for example. They'll post something on social media. Oh, what was? Oh, look, here's a picture of my house where I grew up. What was the house that you grew up at? You know, what was the first car you owned? Right. These are answers to commonly asked security questions. Mm-hmm. And then they will, you know, dumpster dive or otherwise obtain some identifying documents. And then they will uh, uh, masquerade as you uh, call up your bank or your bank or your financial institute or whatever it is, poses you, give them the answers to the questions and then steal your money. This is called social engineering. Mm. So it's not that and they. identity theft. It, well, yeah. But but they did it through social engineering. Now, they could also do it by just calling you up and talking to you, mm-hmm. right? Or sending you a text message and, and that kind of thing. They can social engineer. that would engin- also be social engineering. Yeah. yeah. They could social engineer you out of these things. And so I say this because I feel like the only reason that cryptocurrency hasn't been astronomically adopted by most of humanity at this point is because the governments around the globe are social engineering the populations to not do so. Right. Absolutely. You think that's oh, without is a that doubt. an accurate dis- they, they analogous description? Not. So here's the thing. Uh, organizations, much like organisms, have a survival instinct. And the ones that don't go extinct. It's right. very simple. It's natural selection's real, okay? So an organization, in wanting to keep itself alive, okay, well, the organizations known as governments, they stay alive by at this point by being able to print the currency right it used to be by taxation well, but no, people hate being taxed it's, it's so not they found just a way that. to tax without no, letting in, them in fact out. i i posit that the printing of the currency is secondary to what governments are really good at which is bullshitting people well you have to bullshit mm. them in order for them to take up a, a currency that you can print right and so well, bullshit and threat. And and this is where the social engineering comes in, right? So so the threat part is sort of, you know, people don't see that. It's a little off off their radar, off their screen. They only see it if they do something the the state doesn't like. Then they see the enforcement part, right, and the evil that it is. But mm-hmm. before before any kind of but enforcement happens, they also happens, have their power taken away so they can't fight back after that. Right. So so before any of the violence happens, the government first bullshits everybody through mm-hmm. propaganda. This is the social engineering part. This is what I think governments are most powerful at, is social engineering populations of humans. Well, mm-hmm. the thing that distinguishes them as governments is that they have sufficiently bullshat their population into the idea that they can be evil and it's good. That they can initiate violence right. and it's moral. Right. Mm-hmm. That when they threaten, it is for the good of all mankind. Right. As opposed to when anyone else threatens. Right. When you go, if you just try and do like a man on the street thing, you're undercover or covert, and you just go to, maybe you travel to a town you've never been before and, you know, sit in a bar and just talk to people, right? Talk to random strangers or whatever. If you do that and you just bring up Bitcoin, right? The stuff you hear is nothing like the conversations we have. The stuff you hear is like, oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to get in trouble with the law. Or, oh, yeah, that's used by a bunch of criminals. Or, right, uh, the the bullshit that they Like thrown, the dollar isn't. Right. The, the dollar bull- is issued by criminals. But, but they've figured out how to make people believe that cryptocurrency is 
as, if not more evil. In fact, they, they've gotten people to believe that cryptocurrency is more evil than the state-based currency via social, via bullshit, via social engineering, <laughs> via lies, via propaganda. Absolutely. Nonviolence is worse than violence. In this Hard case. to believe. In this case, <laughs> yes. So but they manage it. So secondary to them manufacturing money out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's the second problem in my mind. The first problem is how powerful they are at convincing people what they believe is fact. Mm-hmm. And Which is why you need separation of school and state. Absolutely, you do. Well, that and uh, church and state for that well, matter, yeah. and money and state. Well, and that's everything. And, and that is one of the white pills of the modern age: is that people are leaving public school in droves here, especially, uh, and that people are leaving television. In droves, yeah, because those are like that's the 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 planting of the seed, and the watering of it, right? So they plant these ideas in our mind when it is, uh, you know, still malleable, when the the soil is fresh. They plant that seed nice and deep, and then it hardens over. But they keep watering it with the propaganda of the news. Yes. Watching the television broadcast, the one-way stream of information from authoritative sources. The mind control of it all. Pfizer documents drop. Look, a balloon. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And people are leaving this. They are abandoning the, first and foremost, they're abandoning the the updating of of their propagandistic programming. And especially now, after they've literally, like, had their first glimpse of what they were exposing their children to by sending them off to these camps. I wonder if uh, one of the things that I was not alive for that uh, I'm I'm 100% certain happened was uh, the U.S. government uh, putting uh, Japanese-Americans in internment camps during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 100% certain of that. Uh, I, I have a friend of mine uh, whose father was put into the internment camp. So, like, it's anecdotal, but whatever. Uh, you know, and if you look at what's written about it, I kind of feel like the whole, uh, like the lockdowns and the, the, the science of, of the COVID and all the Fauci bullshit, Mm -hmm. uh, like in 30 years from now, right. There's going to be people who are like, yeah, you know, I mean, I can't believe they let that happen. Right, just yeah. like we're like, I can't believe like they let people put oh, yeah. Japanese Americans in internment camps. Right, this, this is one of the things that I have but, long. But what I'm saying is, I I don't want that to be the case. Mm. I don't want it to be the case that people look back and go, "How could they have let that happen?" With nothing having changed, like we uh. know, we know that the U.S. government did put Japanese Americans in internment camps. Has anything changed for the better since then? With regards to government and what they do, I don't think so. Are they no longer putting Americans in internment camps? Well, no, but they are imprisoning Americans at a far greater clip than anywhere else on planet Earth. But they're at least telling you that they did bad things. And no, no, no. That, I know that's that's it's cold comfort, right? To for for the the people who are who are put in in prisons at the highest rate in the entire world, but. At least they're telling society that the reason that they're not allowed to play with you is because they're bad. Whereas with the the Japanese internment camps, no, no, they're just Japanese. They're not bad people. They didn't do anything wrong. We don't we don't really expect them to do anything wrong. We've just decided they're too dangerous for you. Like that is actually worse. So so then they then they put the pot smokers in in prison and make them slaves. 
I mean, slavery never ended in the United States, and it's clear to see why. 13th Amendment says that there shall be no slavery or involuntary servitude except if you're convicted of a crime. Right. And it can be any trivial bullshit crime. So they didn't end slavery. Yeah. They just the made a drug conditional. war. There will be no slavery in this country dr- except through due process. The drug war is slavery 2.0. Oh, yeah. And the plantations are the prisons. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I think the scariest thing to me, just because I mentioned the whole uh, government reaction to, to COVID, the scariest thing to me is how close we were to just complete martial law. Yeah. A- around the world. Yeah. Over nothing. Yeah. I mean, how not nothing, we, but how, over something that. How close uh, we were to ushering it in under thunderous applause. That's yeah. that's how liberty dies. Yeah. And, and, and that is actually, as weird as it is, a, a white pill for me. Like, not not what what did happen, because what did happen fucking sucked. I mean, we didn't even get half the people, but but we got enough. We got enough that it didn't permanently put us into a state of absolute hell. Yeah. And a lot of the people who were missed are getting red-pilled because, oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that I see on Twitter saying, I got the vax, mm-hmm. and... Now I'm vaccine injured, or right. I wish I hadn't, because too many people around me have have you know dropped dead. Yeah, or developed and some now sort I'm of afraid. Like you yeah. know, and it's like some of those people are going to die, but some of them are going to live, and you know, and they're going, they're going to be with us. Mm-hmm. Everybody know? who's not intentionally upholding uh, a propaganda has changed their story and they're like look i'm sorry i was wrong mm-hmm. boy we got this wrong now it'd be nice if if mm. the ones who are actually at least on some level trying to figure out reality would would go huh why did you come to this completely different conclusion than i did what was it about mm-hmm. your way of thinking that brought you to the right answer instead of, well, it was just chance. I mean, it was a flip of the coin, and you you just won the flip. The guy who draws Dilbert, actually, uh, recently got red-pilled on the, on the COVID-slash-vaccine issue. And, and one, of these, one of the things that he really? said— Really? He's realized that it's part of a narrative? It, the, the, what, right. what he did is he said, uh, you know, for those of—I got it wrong. For those of you who got it right, what was your thinking? And and He's I made asking? yes, and I made two nice. posts in response to that. One was uh, just just a link to a video of George George Carlin saying, <laughs> yeah. "I've got some rules that I live by. One of them is I don't believe anything, anything. that the government says to me. Right, right. nothing." Nothing. Nothing. No thing. What's the other thing? Uh, And the other thing that I said is they made statements that were obviously absurd. Uh, One was that we know for sure that this did not leak from a lab, and if you think it leaked from a lab, you're crazy. And the other one was we know for sure that these vaccines that we developed two months ago 
don't have any side effects, and if right. you think they do, you're crazy. And right. I said, people who are telling the truth do not resort to emotional blackmail. Bam, that's true. And we are out of time. Thank you, Peakless Mountaineer. Thank you, nobody. Thank you to our callers tonight. Thank you, Captain. You are welcome. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed episode 25 of Beard Talk Live. We're going to take you out with a little Bliss and Iso. Yeehaw, I love these guys. Thanks and peace. I was born in the 80s with that summertime love Then changed the whole game like what have I done At the gutter I come to touch the bright sun And from the highest heights motherfucker I jump Free in the sky of belief I can fly Ain't no telling what they're selling Man they're sheep in disguise Keep this in mind, I keep on my grind I can do it anywhere I wanna do it And bitch I'll sleep when I die Explosive, ferocious Get up, get down, that's showbiz Power to the people that have freedom in their focus I hope this Helps you when you're under the thumb When you feel like nothing can save you When you feel like jumping the gun Stop, relax and remember Even in the worst weather You'll find a way across it There'll be brighter days, honest So get up, get out and get something That's on the real Forget what you were taught And show these people how you feel Like, who are you to tell me How to live my life, my life Cause I won't give this up These are my shoes, my view, my cue To say I do give a fuck And pretty soon and I'm a boomer Explored life's subtle secrets From my fingertips to my unique double helix I can see history, I can see the past lessons It's your right, never be afraid to ask questions How can every religion claim to be the only one? How can they preach love yet fight each other holding guns? I think the golden sun might be able to shed some light I'd rather push peace and knowledge to defend our rights These leaders in suits tell us to fight for one side You think they got their sons and daughters on the front line? Not down for war but down to get an education we're all equal, yet they push synthetic separation But in this matrix, I won't be failing to make it This is my cosmos, baby, space sailor with Sagan I heard it's not where you're from, it's where you're carving your view I heard you don't have to wear a suit to argue the truth And so, who are you to tell me how to live my life? Cause I won't give this up These are my shoes, my view, my cue To say I do give a fuck And pretty soon when I'm a boomer, it'll be alright Takes another chance to ignite Cause I'm addicted uh -oh. I'm addicted uh -oh. I'm addicted to this universal feeling called life Through the reach of maximum dynamic pressure Yeah, they finally gave me a window Visual is go today they spoon feed, but I won't be taking that sedative Cause my thoughts are way too precious to waste on the negative I keep them critical yet positive to break the chains Every dawn is a new chance to make a change Think about all the energy swirling all around us We projected, we get affected, this is profound stuff Earth is my garden and I grew from it I pay the youth homage cause I know their views honest Can you read between the lines of the news comments? Fighting over land just to take some fuel from it I guess oil boils down to some cool profits So war, what is it good for? Really, who wants it? Like, who are you to tell me How to live my life? Cause I won't give this up These are my shoes My view, my cue To say I do give a fuck And pretty soon I'm a boomer It'll be alright 
this universal feeling called life.